Tank Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Out Live, we'll be talking to Peter Cohen of the Angry Mac Bastards radio show and The Loop at loopinsight.com, Avram Pilch from Laptop Magazine with news about all the latest and greatest mobile gear. We also have Daniel Aaron Dilger of Roughly Drafted Magazine. He's a cutting-edge commentator. He always has provocative, thought-provoking things to say. Peter Cohen of the Angry Mac Bastards radio show and The Loop at loopinsight.com is here to rant and rave and something in between. So between ranting and raving, I guess one thing we can rant about is this peculiar company that used to be king of the hill when it comes to smartphones, and that's none other than Research in Motion or RIM. They have co-CEOs, neither of which seem to have a clue about marketing strategy anymore. It seems that the company is losing its way fast, and most particularly these strange commercials and the strange product they came out with called the BlackBerry Playbook. And they've had some problems, haven't they, Peter? Yeah, indeed. You know, the playbook is uh, ostensibly RIM's answer to the iPad. And it was introduced amidst a huge amount of fanfare last September and then just kind of fell off the radar as uh, RIM took longer and longer to get the thing out the door. Finally, they started to ship it, I believe, in April. And they've actually reissued a recall uh, for about a 1,000 of them because... But they've uh, sold uh, 1,001. That's hard. (laughs) Yes, indeed. We don't actually know how many they've sold, but that's probably a pretty good guess, Gene. Uh, because let's face it, it, you know, nobody is really selling tablets in the in this market except for Apple. Uh, none of these companies have, have their acts together. RIM certainly doesn't have its act together. None of the Android tablet makers have their act together. Nobody is selling a product that anybody gives a crap about except for Apple. That's the interesting thing about it. One of the big questions is being asked about this whole thing is that, is this a tablet market which they'd like to believe, or is it an iPad market? If it's an iPad market, well, they don't need to add a tablet section to Best Buy stores. Yeah, you know, it's funny, I, but that whole, and let's get to that in a little bit, but before we di- completely digress, just to finish my thought here, what ended up happening was that RIM ended up recalling a thousand of these uh, these playbooks and then said after the fact that they were pulled because of problems with the operating system software that that was on it. The operating system apparently was unable to properly load software on initial setup. So this is just yet another black eye for RIM. With the now, that's a strange kind of bug, isn't it? That's a strange kind of bug because it sounds to me like this wasn't tested. Now, they bought this operating system. They didn't develop it from scratch. Yeah, I, but, you know, they've been using the they, – they ostensibly have been testing, uh, you know, what they've been developing. No. This operating system is not something that just got made out of whole cloth. This is something that's been around for quite some time. Can you tell us anything about this operating system, anything we'd like to know or care about? Well, you know, it's a lot of inside baseball, Gene. I'm not sure how many of our listeners are really going to care, but what um, RIM decided to do with the playbook specifically was use a um, an operating system called, uh, I, I don't know how it's pronounced, Quinix, I guess, Q-N-X. There's another word for it, C-R-A, well, you know the rest. <laughs> yes, indeed. But that's a four-letter acronym, not a three-letter acronym, and we get in trouble when we start using four-letter acronyms, don't we, Gene? Well, that one we could use. There aren't too yeah. many of those that we can use because this is network radio. Okay, the point being here is they weren't able to build their own operating system. They weren't able to port the standard RIM operating system to a tablet, right? 
Correct. They they didn't go the Android route. They wanted to go with this operating system that they actually acquired from Harman International a while back. And um, that's not the Harman International that makes speakers, is it? Let's see. Harman International. Uh, yeah. No. Indeed. Uh, you know, Harman International owns AKG, uh, Harman Kardon, uh, Infinity, JBL, Lexicon, and Mark Levinson. So yeah, and, and Newsweek magazine. Yeah, it's it's the same company. <laughs> but recently, Sidney Harman, the founder died like he was like 400 years old or something oh yeah well exactly um no but cunix specifically uh, has been around since 1980 so again this isn't something that got created out of whole cloth um in the last couple of years this is this is an operating system that actually has a, a much longer um track record than than many other operating systems certainly a lot longer than android you know so it's it's it it, it has been used in embedded systems for many years um and uh, you know it seemed like a reasonable technology acquisition at the time and I haven't touched a playbook, and I certainly haven't taken one apart. So I, I can't tell you from experience um, how good the experience of using a playbook is. All I can tell you is that uh, apparently some customers got these, got them out of the box, and found that they were unable to set them up, and then went back to the retailers that they bought them from. Apparently, Staples got a whole bunch of them and said, hey, what the hell is wrong with this thing? And that's when uh, RIM discovered that these playbooks were in the channel and stunk. Okay, so I assume, of course, they'll replace them or give you a refund. Oh, of course. All right. So, but that's not very good. I think if you want to make a good first impression, and now you have the 10,000-pound gorilla Apple with the iPad and the iPad 2 still running behind and keeping up with demand. You have all these big TV ads for the BlackBerry Playbook. The musical thing makes no sense. Somehow it's integrated with the movie Thor, you know? (laughs) Uh, and therefore, yeah. the product is a thud. I, I don't understand this at all. But the commercial makes no sense, except, okay, we have this product, and they need to make a good first impression, and they can't just sell the BlackBerry users because their sales demand is flattening. So how do you make a good impression? You send something out with defective operating systems. Now, they're saying a 1,000. Do we think it might be more? Uh, a 1,000 is what they're saying. So that's all we know that was affected at this point. Okay. All right, so things happen. You know, even Apple sends defective gear. So we know that this is a possibility. Sometimes things go badly, and we're not going to make a big deal of it unless you consider the product as a whole. Even without this defect, it's not very good. It's got some stupid marketing decisions behind it. Yeah, I mean, you know, the thing can't email on its own. You need a uh, uh, a, um, a BlackBerry, um, you know, one of Rim's smartphones to do that. Um, it, it it seems to run everyone's software but its own. Uh, it doesn't you know, have the, its own. Right, exactly. Not yet, anyway. I mean, you know, they're seeding development versions of the um, the their, their own uh, SDK or software development kit um, to developers now. But as it stands now. You know, there's there's no real user experience. What you're getting is sort of a mishmash of Flash and and other stuff um, available in runtime environments on this device. So it's 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 a pretty ugly experience, all things considered. Oh boy, what can you say? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think it just goes to show you how lost some of these companies can get 
when it comes to uh, creating a product um, sort of designed by committee. You know, it, it, we, we see this um, illustrated over and over again in these large companies like Microsoft, RIM, and HP, where uh, a product comes to market that's this odd chimera. You know, it, it, it doesn't seem to be one thing in particular. There's no cohesive strategy. Um, uh, you know, in terms of the philosophy behind the creation of it, it's just this ugly mishmash of it needs this, it needs that. You know, this tested well in focus groups. Uh, this middle manager thinks this would be a good idea, so let's throw that thing into the mix. And what you end up with is a kitchen sink mess. You don't have like a unified manager who says, okay, guys, let's take a look, let's see what this product is, and let's see if there's anything there that we can build into an ecosystem. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, you know, the, the people who watch um uh, who watch Apple, um, you know, for a living or as, as sport or entertainment, I always say that that person at Apple is Steve Jobs. I don't know how true that is, but I do know that Apple has this overwhelming uh, philosophy of, you know, running itself like a startup and uh, really keeping the chain of command vertical. So uh, this kind of uh, decision by committee just does not happen in Apple. And the problem is, when you do that, you have compromises. One, the product doesn't have a unified look and feel. It's kind of like GM cars for so many years. You know, GM needed a bailout because for so many years they produced really bad cars. And I know there are a lot of people who buy Corvettes and stuff and say these are the greatest cars on the planet. But it's also true people were buying other brands. We can get into more of that in a moment, but more about the technology industry and the tablet market such as there is with Peter Cohen. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com The American people think they live in a constitutional republic. Land of the free, home of the brave. Right. Just try those lines on the judge when you get a ticket or have to deal with a big bad IRS. Instead, use EscapeHarassment.com. Since 1972, our volunteer group of researchers and educators have successfully taught how to escape tickets by law. And it works. Escape Harassment has three different steps to follow, depending on where you are in the ticket process. Learn how to escape tickets, IRS, or court proceedings before you go to court. For free, three-minute pre-recorded information and FAQs, call this toll-free number, one 877 9009. That's 877-457-9009. Or go to escapeharassment.com and see our money-back guarantee. That's escapeharassment.com. Remember, escape harassment works. 
When making important financial decisions, you should always know the facts. That's why Midas Resources is willing to pay you to read the facts. Midas Resources, a team of hand-picked financial specialists with decades of financial experience who are ready to provide you with state-of-the-art, up-to-date financial services. Midas Resources offers a host of services and stands behind their products. In fact, if you call and order their free Midas report, Midas Resources will pay you. This detailed report will provide you with financial history on the safest and most profitable areas to invest in. If you read the report, Midas Resources will send you a free Walking Liberty Silver Half Dollar. So what are you waiting for? Get the facts and call Midas Resources toll-free at 888-292-2709. That's 888-292-2709. And remember, if you read the Midas report, you'll receive a free Walking Liberty Silver Half Dollar. If you're concerned about radiation poisoning from Japan in the air, water, or food and can't find potassium iodide, go to RestoreYourHealthNow.com and choose Liquid Zeolite. Liquid Zeolite is hands down the best product to remove radiation from your body and safely removes toxins, heavy metals, boosts energy levels, and promotes a strong immune system. For fatigue, muscle weakness, headaches, memory loss, influenza, joint pain, or toxic radiation poisoning, use Liquid Zeolite from RestoreYourHealthNow.com. Liquid Zeolite is so powerful it was used to clean up contamination in Chernobyl, yet so gentle you won't even know you're taking it. Liquid Zeolite comes with a money-back guarantee but is only available at Restore Your Health now.com learn how to get free bottles of liquid zeolite at restoreyourhealthnow.com that's restoreyourhealthnow.com or call 800-880-9976 call 800-880-9976 today and learn how to get free bottles of liquid zeolite the gcn radio network providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio g c n great talk radio starts here you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. We're back with Peter Cohen. The show he does is Angry Mac Bastards, and he gets a little bit blue. You know what that is from the days of comedians and comics and vaudeville and all that. Okay, but he's not a vaudeville comedian. But he'd make a lot of money if he could bring that back. And he's also at The Loop with LoopInsight.com. We're looking at products that are built by committee, have no unified look and feel. They have a little bit of this, a little bit of that, no way to integrate everything. They add as many features as they can, or they lack features, and thus feel like beta products. And the other thing that bothered me, not just that the RIM BlackBerry Playbook, that's a tongue twister, (laughs) has these early teething problems or needs to mate with a BlackBerry to be able to use an email client. Supposedly, they'll fix that in the future. What bothers me is that the CEOs of the company don't seem to understand what their technology is, what advantages they have, and how to deal with future visions. Yeah, that's very true, too. You know, I think this whole co-CEO thing at RIM is probably not really helping them very much because, you know, what can you say about a company that insists on having two heads instead of one? You know, the, well, the of course, if the two heads exact. communicate with each other and feed upon each other, it's fine. But it may also be these are the founders of the company. And they couldn't agree amongst themselves that you're the CEO, I'm the COO, so we'll be co-CEOs. Yeah, great. That really helps. Okay, so this is part of the problem in 
the world of so-called iPad killers. They're all having problems. It's not just research in motion with a buggy product. I mean, the operating system for the Motorola Zoom, Android, is still buggy. In fact, they don't even (laughs) release the source code because it's not ready yet. Yeah, indeed. You know, um, uh, they they say, yeah, we'll get around to it eventually, but not right now. You know, not until uh, until later. And, uh, you know... uh, it's interesting because Google has really developed the sort of cult of personality around Android being open. You know, when you hear Android advocates talk about um, uh, the the iPhone, you, you hear this term walled garden used over and over and over again to the point of distraction. And, you know, the, 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 um, the implication here is that mean old Apple is, um, is not letting people do what they want with their devices because they want to keep it closed and they want to own uh, all the ways that you can touch the device and all the ways that you can connect to the, the device. And, yeah, okay, there's some truth to that. You know, Apple doesn't allow private APIs or application programming interfaces to be used when you're developing um, iPhone software, for example, because they want to make sure that that the software that you're using um, ch- checks out with everything that, that that they've done to make sure that it's a safe environment for their users. Um, but on the other on the other hand, uh, Google, when it comes to the Android, has this really kind of peculiar uh, relationship with the end user because the end user. Ultimately, in the Google equation, is the the product that's being sold. It's not the operating system. It's not Android. It's not the Android phone or the tablet. But Google is selling the user, selling access to the user, and selling the user itself to um, the companies that it works with. Because Google makes the bulk of its money from advertising. Still, you know, even even despite Android licensing, it still makes a lot of its money from advertising. So, but they Google don't get has, paid for Android licensing. It's free. It's free, exactly. So, uh, you know, the you have Google- to agree to a specific set of terms and conditions. And this company called Skyhook Wireless is suing Google for unfair business practices because they wanted to get a leg in on this open source operating system for Motorola devices. And Google said, no. Yeah, sorry, we're not going to let you do that. And, and- but it's open source. Yeah. Right. And you're free to do anything you want. You can do anything you want. Well, wait a minute. Maybe not everything. Well, that's just it. You know, <laughs> Google's motto or unofficial motto anyway is do no harm. And it seems to be do no harm to our bottom line. There is that. There is that. Uh, what Another story that really cracked me up this past week um, related to um, the Android uh, tablet mess was this uh, interview over at CNET last week with the uh, CEO of NVIDIA, Jensen Wang. Uh, Did you see that? I did. I was going to ask you about that because it does relate to this problem. And that basically, he's trying to attribute the blame for the fact that nobody's buying Android tablets. Nobody, I mean, well, 50, 100,000. But, you know, that's nothing in the consumer electronics market where Apple's selling, you know, 5, 10 million of something. Right, exactly. Uh, you know, it's it's orders of magnitude different. And he said that basically it's everyone's fault except for NVIDIA's. Now, NVIDIA manufactures the Tegra 2 microprocessor that's used in the heart of the new generation of Android tablets. So if you um, break open a Motorola Zoom or a Samsung um, Galaxy Tab 10.1, you're going to find a Tegra 2 inside. And in that's fairness, the graphics chip. 
that's not just the graphics chip. That's the microprocessor. The uh, uh, in fairness, the Tegra two does a really good job, and and you know Nvidia is really um, putting a lot of effort uh, behind uh, Tegra processor development. They've got a quad core chip uh, in the works that's uh, going to come out later this year that they're promising will be um, you know much better. Does but, this you know, relate to the ARM chip family though, in some fashion? Is Tegra ARM related? Um, yes. Yeah, Tegra does integrate the 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 ARM architecture. Okay, so um, basically, it's kind of like Apple has their A4 and their A5, where they have their own homebrewed tweaks and customizations to the ARM chip family. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So this is sort of the, the Tegra is their their answer to Apple's A4. Tegra two. Anyway, okay. is okay. is there? It's their answer to, to Apple's A4. According to to uh, or in this interview, uh, Huang said um, that it's a point of sales problem. It's an expertise at retail problem. It's a marketing problem to consumers. It's a price point problem, and it's a software richness of content problem. So, in other words, problems selling uh, the 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 uh, uh, Android tablets exist at every single level, except possibly. The processor architecture. And by the way, tests have been done that show that the Tegra 2 performs mediocre compared to the processor inside the iPad 2. But so, even if it didn't, you know, the products they come out with are garbage. Well, and, uh, you know, the funny thing is Wang is the first to admit that. You know, it's, it's a problem with every aspect of the experience. Forget the problems with this processor. It's everything else. It's everything. I mean, you know, Wang's uh, comments aside, it's everything. Everything is is the problem with Android tablets. People don't want them. People don't know how to sell them to other people. Uh, you know, the the, the companies are, are doing these idiotic, idiotic advertising campaigns. Oh my You've God. seen the Motorola Zoom ads. You've seen the Galaxy Tab ads. They make no sense. They're they're selling concepts. They're not selling products. They're all basically imitating the movie Tron Legacy. You see the robots and the spaceships and the mechanical things. Yeah, but you don't see Tron, something it's, it's that says, Tron, it's, Hi, it's here's what you can do with it. Now look at the low-key commercials for the iPad 2. Peter Coyote doing the voiceover. And you think about this. In each sense, you see a concept of things you could do to empower yourself. Things you can discover. Not... The hardware is 3D, and this is that, and it can do this, and if you shake it, it does that. doesn't mean a thing. We're talking to Peter Cohen. He has a lot of things to say that do mean something. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Hey, neighbors, meetings are an essential part of any business. You know, making presentations to clients, collaborating with your colleagues. Well, make them as simple as possible to run and organize. Use GoToMeeting by Citrix, the easiest, most reliable online meeting service. With GoToMeeting, you can schedule an online meeting in seconds. Attendees can join with just a click from anywhere. Meeting materials are viewed on everyone's screen, making collaboration seamless. 
GoToMeeting is so easy to use for you and everyone joining your meeting. Plus, with GoToMeeting, hold as many meetings as you can for one flat rate. You have phone conferencing and voice over IP are included. You know, my listeners can try GoToMeeting free for 30 days, a month of unlimited online meetings free. Visit GoToMeeting.com, click on the Try It Free button, and enter the promo code PODCAST. That's GoToMeeting.com, promo code PODCAST. Spring and a new growing season are here. Plant a healthy garden easy and fast with OrganicaSeed.com. Easy because OrganicaSeed.com offers one of the largest online selections of organic, heirloom, non-hybrid, and untreated seeds, as well as tobacco and cotton seeds at low prices. Go to OrganicaSeed.com, spelled O-R-G-A-N-I-C-A-Seed.com. OrganicaSeed.com. Remember, OrganicaSeed is healthy seed. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. If you suffer from poor sleep, you need MyPillow. Guaranteed to be the most comfortable pillow you will ever own. Using a patented fill, MyPillow adjusts to your exact individual needs by gently supporting your head, shoulders, and neck. MyPillow has a natural built-in cooling effect, keeping your cervical nerves cool, giving you the best sleep of your life. MyPillow will never go flat and relieve snoring, migraines, sleep apnea, fibromyalgia, and many other disorders. It's antimicrobial, non-allergenic, dust mite resistant, and best of all, machine washable and dryable. MyPillow is made in the USA, has an A rating with the Better Business Bureau, comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee, and an industry-leading 10-year warranty. Order today at MyPillow.com or call 952-442-6199. That's 952-442-6199. Mention coupon code GCN and receive 20% off your order. What do you have to lose except poor sleep? MyPillow.com, the most comfortable pillow you will ever own, guaranteed. Will I have garlic breath after I take Ali C? We get that question all the time about the world's best garlic extract, Ali C. And the answer is, Ali C contains stabilized allicin, nature's antimicrobial agent, and the active ingredient in crushed garlic, but will not give you garlic breath. Scientifically proven in double-blind studies, using low doses of allicin greatly reduces the number, severity, and duration of common colds. Our powerful Ali C contains 300 milligrams of stabilized allicin. Just one tablet of Ali C is equivalent to 40 garlic cloves. It's effective against asthma. MRSA, bacterial, fungal, and viral infections, and helps lower high blood pressure and high cholesterol. Plus, it's a natural mosquito repellent, boosts resistance to infection with nature's best garlic extract, Ali C. For more information and to order Ali C, call 877-888-7126 or go to garlichealthproducts.com. That's 877-888-7126 or garlichealthproducts.com. Fight back with Ali C. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. We want to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. And don't forget, you can visit the famous Tech Night Owl community forums at 
forum.technightall.com. Get in on all the action. That's forum.technightall.com. We're talking to Peter Cohen, Angry Mac Bastards Radio Show, and also the Loop at LoopInsight.com, talking about right now the bad marketing of those other tablets, those other smartphones, and it goes back even to Microsoft. I see these commercials that Microsoft has. The problem is here is Microsoft is trying to do some stupid things to get you to buy a Windows PC. Like, for example, someone can't figure out what PC to buy, so they build a host store in her home. Did you see yeah, that? Yeah, as opposed to just bringing them to an Apple store um, to buy a Macintosh. I don't know about you, but if I walked in and saw that somebody built a retail store in my living room, I'd be pissed. Yeah, I think I would kind of wonder, well, are they going to turn my home back to the way it was? Why do I need this to buy 5,000 products that are fundamentally identical except for a few spec differences? Well, and really, is buying a new computer that much of a hard sell that you actually have to go through this trouble? I mean, it seems that people are buying Macs in droves. You know, Mac sales have never been stronger. Yet Microsoft has to go in to people's living rooms and turn their living rooms into Microsoft stores in order to buy in order to make them buy a new PC? Well, when you have, as I said, 5,000 products that are fundamentally identical, how do you pick which one to have? Yeah, that's a point. But I, I have a bone to pick with you, though, Gene. I, you know, you, you kind of glossed over the iPad 2 advertising. You know, we were getting back into the Microsoft ad campaign because it follows. Microsoft can't figure out how to advertise their products to end users, consumers. They have obviously a large share of the business market. And the people who sell Android tablets and smartphones can't figure out how to sell those things either. And if you look at the advertising for the iPad 2, you know when you look at it what you can do with it. When you look at the ads for all this other stuff, what do I do with it? I think the basic problem here, well, okay, you know, let's talk about that because I, I, the, the iPad 2 advertising drives me up the wall. But I, I, just, to, just to close the loop on this, I, I think that the, the basic problem that you've got here with Android tablet sales and with PC sales is that ultimately at the end of the day, uh, those companies are selling consumers a bunch of parts for lack of a better term. They're not selling them a user experience. They're not selling them a coherent, uh, cohesive sort of of product user experience. They're just, you know, they're selling them a little bit of this, a little bit of that. You know, it's it's the Android honeycomb operating system running on our spiffy Zoom tablet that will be upgradable to 4G at some point and can run Adobe Flash and yada, yada, yada. You know, you you start losing people when when you start going through a laundry list of specs you know car ad, car companies don't even do that anymore they sell you the experience of using the car i mean you take a look at acura's ads on tv and what are they doing they're they're selling concept they're selling sex you know they're selling you know how sexy it is to 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 drive this this piece of hardware not you know brake horsepower and not um uh, you know, not, not uh, you know, cylinder compression ratios and stuff like that. Gearheads can find that stuff out if they want to, but but Mon Pa Kettle don't give a damn. Of course, you know, in another area, one of the things that you see in some of these ads is, for example, with Mercedes-Benz, they'll sell the safety factor. You know, they'll say if you get into a crash and something happens, we'll take care of you. Another car, much cheaper car, I think Ford has it, it parks the car for you. Parallel parking, nobody does parallel parking very well. Very few people. So this car can do parallel parking. It shows you what you can do with the product. doesn't matter if it has 140 horsepower or they'll show you it has 40 miles a gallon because people are looking for economy. They try to meet your needs. 
what's the need for 3G on the Tegra chip that's in this thing or that thing? Yeah, exactly. You know, and um, the, the that though that is is where I see the flaw in Apple's advertising for the iPad 2 because although Apple is doing what I'm suggesting, you know, by selling the user experience of using the iPad 2, they're doing a poor job of it. You know, Peter Coyote mouthing uh, platitudes about how a kid will call it magic and, you know, a, a, a CEO will call it powerful and a doctor will call it innovative or whatever the hell it is. You know, just use the damn iPad 2. You know, stop trying to fill my head with nonsense about how magical the bloody thing is and just show me what the freaking thing does. Is that so hard? Well, they kind of do that with the iPad ads. You see it, you know, running medical diagnostics, showing an ultrasound. You see it doing things. It's not just what he says. What he says is almost irrelevant. It is doing something. Yeah, but in the interim, I have to deal with Coyote mouthing this breathy haiku about how awesome the iPad 2 is. And I just find it smarmy, condescending, and stupid. (laughs) So you don't like his ads either? (laughs) No, I don't like those ads either. Okay. But Apple seems to be going farther with it. I like the original iPad ad where nobody said anything. They just had the music and just showed you doing things. Period. Exactly. Yeah. Quite frankly, I thought that was a pretty good ad myself. Uh, the other one that I love, although it's long format, nothing that you would ever see on broadcast television is um, the, uh, the the little feature right, that they rolled out when they rolled out the iPad 2, which you can actually watch from Apple's website, uh, showing you the, how these things are actually getting used in the field to help um, people like uh, autistic children who can't communicate through speech uh, talk and interact with their environment. That one hits home with me. When I first saw that, that almost brought me to tears. I was so emotionally just deeply touched by, oh my God, this is a real life-changing thing. You know, these things can be used to do incredible things. Uh, but, you know, that that obviously is a much harder sell and something that can't be uh, encapsulated, I think, quite as easily as, uh, you know, in a 30 or 60 seconds ad spot on, on broadcast TV. Well, you have this short attention span. You're competing with a lot of people with all these ads. That's number one. Number two, it's not just competing with a lot of people with all these ads. It's the fact that you've got to basically get their attention and get out of the way in 30 seconds. Yep. Uh, Plus, you know, more and more people with DVRs and TVOs, you know, that's got to work against them as well. Right. Of course, you know, a lot of them have the 30-second switch. So it's not just fast-forwarding and doing a good guess. If you have satellite TV, it doesn't happen with cable TV, give a 30-second button forward. So you can go past the commercials, you know, four or five times. You go past the commercials, you're back into the show content. Right. They do that with this show. You know, people, you know, we have ads because we're a commercial show. But people will sometimes decide to basically... Bypass those commercials. Come on, people, listen to our ads. Well, that's how we make our living, you know, so you got to do that. You got to do that. But we understand the point. Indeed. Anyway, so about promotion, but it comes back to this the major topic here is that we have an iPad market, we don't have a tablet market. And the big question, of course, is there anything that can be done about that? How does a company seeing what's happening? 
with the iPad and they want to get in on the action. Can they? You know, I'm sure. I'm sure that as the market matures and, you know, as people are hungry for new experiences, um, more and more um, Android tablets are, are going to sell. Um, and, you know, I think there's also, uh, especially uh, not necessarily unique to American society, but I think, you know, popular culture demands that um, – uh, who, whoever's the top of the, uh, on top of the hill is going to get pushed off eventually. I mean, you know, if you take a look at Microsoft through the '90s, you know, um, you know, Microsoft was was all anybody ever talked about in the PC space, and now they're not anymore. Uh, you know, for a lot of a lot of um, very valid reasons. Um, you know, and, and likewise with uh, auto manufacturers or pop culture, you know, Michael Jackson or, or whatever, you know, you, you're, you're going to have somebody who's hot one day and then uh, not the next. Um, Apple is, is riding an incredible uh, crest of popularity right now. But I'll I, tell you I, what, I, we can look at the other side of that. The other shoe, will the other shoe drop with Apple? Hmm. We have Peter Cohen, Angry Mac Bastards Radio Show, The Loop at LoopInsight.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Ever been to a concert and wish your friends could experience the atmosphere with you? Ever been on a mountaintop and wish you could share the beautiful view with your family? Ever thought, they've got to see this? Share those amazing experiences with the unique photo collages of the iPhone app You Gotta See This by Boink Software. Now available for the iPhone 4, iPod Touch, and the brand new iPad 2 for just $1.99. See great examples at boinks.com slash see this. In this connected world, your Mac needs to be protected from the many threats that come over the Internet. But how can you stay up to date with the security issues that now affect Macs? The Mac Security Blog covers all the security threats to Macs, keeps you informed about essential updates to your software, and alerts you when new threats or malware are discovered. Keep your Mac safe. Visit the Mac Security Blog at blog.intego.com. That's blog.intego.com, blog.intego.com. Never buy home canning jar lids again. No kidding. When you buy Tadler reusable canning lids once, you'll never buy canning lids ever again. Safely store emergency preparedness foods for years. Traditional metal lids are single-use throwaways containing BPA. But Tadler reusable canning lids are guaranteed to last a lifetime when used as designed for home canning. Tadler lids are made with a USDA and FDA-approved food-grade plastic, safe for direct food contact, and contain no BPA. Tadler lids are dishwasher safe, usable with standard pressure or water bath canning, eliminate food spoilage from acid corrosion, fit standard mason jars are indefinitely reusable and are proudly made in the usa place orders at reusablecanninglids.com or call 1-877-747-2793 877-747-2793 call 877-747-2793 or go to reusablecanninglids.com that's reusablecanninglids.com for tadler reusable canning lids the original since 1976 He looks five years younger. He doesn't fall asleep at his desk like he used to. He no longer drinks those energy drinks all day. He used to be gloomy. Now he's upbeat. He obviously has lost weight. He's now drinking Moringa in the morning from BigJoe.us. 
Moringa is a delicious, all-organic, 100% bioavailable blend from the Miracle Moringa Tree, considered by many to be the most nutrient-rich plant ever discovered. Moringa in the morning will suppress cravings for junk food and energy drinks and make you feel like a kid again. Drink Moringa in the morning, available from BigJoe.us. That's B-I-G-J-O-E dot U-S. Vibrant health is just a click or call away at BigJoe.us or 800-503-0515. 800-503-0515. That's 800-503-0515. Drink Moringa in the morning. Economists, politicians, and even the average citizen can agree we may only be days or weeks away from the next terrible event that could literally change the face of life as we know it. Learn the secrets of the world's top survival and preparedness experts at the DFW Marriott in Dallas, Texas for the 2011 International Survival and Preparedness Conference on Memorial Day weekend, May 28th through 30. Register at survivalist.com or toll free 866-437-6570 before time runs out. That's survivalist.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. We're back with Peter Cohen, Angry Mac Bastards Radio Show, Loop at loopinside.com, where all his stuff hangs out there for all to see. Plus, he comes on our show regularly. And we're talking about, first, the tablet market, the poor advertising, even the poor ads that Apple puts up, at least as far as Peter is concerned. But now the other shoe. Apple's riding high right now. How do they screw it up? Can they screw it up? Yeah, I think they can. I think I think it's an, ev- an inevitability, and I, I don't know that they can screw it up as much as just you know popular taste will will no longer demand Apple products eventually. I think inevitably um, they're they're going to get knocked off the pedestal. Okay, so how do you knock them off the pedestal? Well, by producing products that people want more. They, you know, eventually there's there's going to be a flashpoint where, uh, you know, people are just burnt out on on Apple products. I mean, I, you know, I've been in. It's funny. I was in an elevator um, recently with uh, a couple of guys that I didn't know, and one of them was talking about getting a new smartphone because his his contract was up, and he's like, "Yeah, I don't want an iPhone because they're just so mainstream." You know. Yeah. <laughs> Apple being mainstream. Yeah, I mean, who'd have thunk it, right? Well, there you go. There you go. Apple suddenly becomes a mainstream company. They're old-fashioned. They're old-school. Everybody who works there, all these people, just a bunch of old codgers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, I mean, you know, it's inevitably going to happen, I think, that that, uh, they're going to fall out of favor with pop culture. But, God, I mean, they've been riding a great wave, you know, for a very long time. And and, uh, the bottom line is they're continuing to produce great products. Now, that doesn't change the fundamentals of the company. 
you know, it's it's already been established, for example, that the iPhone is being outsold by Android smartphones every day of the week. Android has bigger market share now than iPhones do. But that isn't hurting Apple's stock valuation because Apple is still producing an incredible amount of product. In many ways, when it comes to uh, to Wall Street, Apple is just competing with itself. Apple is competing with um, its earnings um, year over year. You know, Apple doesn't necessarily have to compete with the rest of the market to do well. And it's, it's, a, it's an issue that's come up over and over again on our Angry Mac Bastards podcast uh, that I like to call Highlanderism. When you take a look at analysis from uh, people who are so-called experts in uh, the tech industry saying, you know, well, Android is, uh, uh, is going to overwhelm Apple and, you know, Apple's uh, day is over, you know, Apple's or Linux is going to take over and yada, 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 all these silly things. Uh, and, and the reason we call it Highlanderism is because of that completely crappy movie with Christopher Lambert in it from the 80s, you know, where the, the tagline was, there can be only one. You know, Off with his head. Right. Oh, they're bringing that back, by the way, not with Christopher Lambert, but somebody else. Oh, God, I should hope not. He's ancient now. But um, – uh, you know they they uh, the, the, this obsession with there there can only be one winner. Well, I think the smartphone market is much bigger than that. You know it, it's 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 a a, um, a multi multi billion dollar market, um, and it's a worldwide market. You know it's not just in the U.S. It's not just in Europe. Um, it's 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 a worldwide market, and it's continuing to grow. So I, I think that Apple can remain a very profitable company, a very healthy company, producing wonderful products. But I think that eventually. They're going to lose mainstream favor um, in, in place of something else. It may be tomorrow. It may be 10 years from now. I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball. I'm not a prognosticator. All right. So on the short term, the next few years, can Apple screw it up? What does Apple have to do to mess up so badly that other companies will find the gaps and fill them? Well, what have you done for me lately? I mean, you know, it's, you're only as good as your last product in this market, right? So if Apple released a dud product, if the iPhone 5 came out um, and it was a complete piece of crap, well, that would damage Apple's credibility a great deal. You know, people, for example, people are buying many fewer iPods than they ever used to. Um, you know, there's no question that people are um, using their um, uh, their iPhones um, or um, uh iPads or other devices to listen to MP3s, um, they're they're not buying uh, iPods in the quantities that they were a year or two ago. We've seen iPod sales. Now, one uh, of the so- commercials I saw for the iPhone points out that the iPhone is an iPod too. So that, a lot yeah, of the people absolutely. who might have bought iPods in the past now, well, I buy the iPhone, it does the same stuff, or I buy the iPad and it has the same features. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So basically the market is maturing. If you counted all of them as at least in part iPods, which they are, iPod sales are soaring. It's just that they're not buying the standalone because the integrated products have the same capabilities. But my point is the product matrix is changing. Of Um, course. Of course. It it goes to something else. But if Apple didn't have something to replace the iPod or the iPad when they die, and people will attack me. I said the same thing with Macs. I said, you know, someday you're not going to want to buy a Mac or any personal computer. Maybe it's going to be the iPad. It's going to be something else. But markets mature. Markets die. I mean, we still buy cars. You know, after all these years, but someday, you know, maybe we'll buy flying vehicles. Who knows? Maybe 100 years from now. I don't know. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, it's 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 it, uh, again. I'm not a pr- prognosticator, so uh, I don't have a crystal ball, so I can't tell you when that's going to happen. But uh, your question is, what if? You know, what 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 would happen, or what would Apple have to do or not do um, in order for popular taste to change? And that's a, that's a good example of it. You know, if Apple uh, wasn't able to capitalize on. Um, you know, a shift in popular taste from uh, MP3s to smartphones that could have been disastrous for them. Fortunately, um, as the iPod, the influence of the iPod was starting to wane, iPhone sales were taking off. So they've been able to, you know, mask that transition, and they've been able to keep the iPod, the iPod market. Um, Active and buoyant as well by offering innovative products, by bringing the iPhone interface to the iPod in the form of the iPod Touch, by making uh, the iPod Nano essentially a fashion accessory. You know, it's a pendant that you can wear um, that's got a neat little touchscreen on it. I mean, some people drop them in in cases that look like uh, watch straps, so you can wear them on your wrists. You know, people run with them, um, all sorts of things. And we've seen some spy photos that suggest that Apple's got some neat things, and some patent releases also that suggest that Apple's got some neat things. Um, plan for the the iPod Nano in the future as well. So as long as they can keep that um, um, uh, that that momentum up, I think Apple is safe. The problem is that um, they always run the risk of not doing that, and uh, you know that 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 can come from a variety of sources. If Steve Jobs leaves, that could be one potential um, issue um, that they could affect um, how the company um, is managed. If um, popular tastes change, as I was saying before, that could be another thing uh, that could significantly impact uh, the way in which um, Apple. Um, uh, uh, produces um, the devices that we use. So uh, there are a lot of things um, that, that a lot of X factors that we can't account for right now. Well, the other X factor is we're almost running out of time with you. Do you have uh, any future articles or research things that you're doing that we could point our listeners to? Of course. I mean, uh, angrymacbastards.com um, is, is where you can find my podcast. Loopinsight.com is uh, where I'm executive editor. I also write for ZDNet uh, at the Gamification blog. So uh, come and check me out. Just very briefly before you go, in terms of games, with the huge growth of gaming because of the iPad and the iPhone, are we seeing a really big resurgence or any real serious growth with games on the Mac market itself? You know, it's interesting. What we've seen is actually kind of a change in uh, the gaming matrix. I mean, uh, games on the Mac are, I hate to say it, like a little bit of a moribund market um, simply because uh, the Mac market derives so much of its gaming energy from the PC market, and the PC market has been waning in favor of the console market for quite some time now. Uh, so we're seeing fewer and fewer big releases exclusively for PC or available for PC at all in favor of the consoles. Um, and you know, time to market has always been an issue that has kind of worked against uh, Mac titles because uh, there aren't as many companies out there there aren't as many companies out there uh, that uh, have expertise making Mac games. But what we're seeing is an interesting uh, thing involving the Mac App Store. And that is we're seeing more companies that have iOS products and convert them to run on the Mac. For example, Gameloft uh, released um, its uh, Asphalt 6 um, racing game uh, for, uh, for the Mac. Gameloft hasn't historically uh, released products for the Mac. And you know what? 
Asphalt is actually a lot of fun to play on the Mac. I've spent a few hours uh, uh, playing this racing game on the Mac, and I love it. Plus, you've got companies like Feral Interactive and uh, Trans Gaming um, and uh, even Aspire Media continuing to produce software. Looks great. Tell our listeners where they can find your stuff one more time. Okay, uh, you can find me at angrymacbastards.com, uh, loopinsight.com, and at ZDNet on the gamification blog. Very good. Peter Cohen, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Always a pleasure, Gene. Thank you very much for having me. Coming up next on the Tech Night Out Live, we'll be featuring Avram Pilch from Laptop Magazine. Of course, Avram will be here to talk about all the latest and greatest mobile gear and maybe some stuff that isn't so great. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner, and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Welcome back to the Tech Night All Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Avram Pilch of Laptop Magazine is joining us, and we've got so much to talk about, especially in light of new developments from Google, as a matter of fact. Now, Google announced a year or two back something called the Chrome OS, which is kind of like, correct me if I'm wrong, Avram, melding a browser into the operating system so the browser is your primary or complete interface, right? Well, the browser is the operating system. That's that's exactly the problem. Um, so, you know, that's that's all there is and that's all that there um that there kind of ever will be out of that operating system, which makes it really hard to for a user to, you know, for a lot of people to get behind. I mean, there's Google really hasn't provided, in my view and the view of a lot of people, a compelling reason for people to go with Chrome over just simply buying a regular netbook and installing a browser on it, which doesn't necessarily even have to be Chrome. could be Firefox, could be IE. Okay, so the whole point is here, imagine your Mac or PC, and all you did was run everything from your browser. That's the operating system. That's it. Right. Okay. So what's the logic in this? Why are they doing that? Well, I think the logic in it is, you know, is that they want people to live in the cloud. And so what they're thinking is... Not their heads in the cloud, by the way. Right, not their heads in the cloud. They want people to live in the cloud, and their logic is very simply that if your stuff is in the cloud, it's more secure, you don't have to worry about it being on your... You know, worry about it. Uh, you know, being on your computer if your computer is lost or stolen or breaks, everything is in this perfect uh, condition. You don't have to worry about it. It's all it's all good. But the problem there becomes 
what happens uh, when I when I can't get online, and what happens when I have a program that doesn't run in the cloud? Well, then my Chromebook is really just a piece of plastic at that point. It's a brick book. It's a brick book, exactly. Okay. All right. So, is there no way to store stuff locally for the times you have to be offline? They say that that it's coming, but I just don't have a lot of confidence in them, to be really honest with you. I think that, you know, so far you can't use Google Docs offline. You can't, you you know, you, you can't really effectively use Gmail offline. And so you're really in a position where, oh, okay, maybe they'll be able to cache stuff for you in a couple of months. They'll use HTML5 for caching. I have not seen a single HTML5 application yet that really looks and feels like a desktop application does. And frankly, if you're somewhere with a spotty internet connection, you should be afraid, be very afraid at this point of making this level of commitment to to cloud computing. You know what? They had a Microsoft outage, I believe, with their Exchange Server online system. We had the problems, of course, that have impacted Amazon. We're not talking about the hacking with the PlayStation Network. I just think every time you have cloud-based systems, there's always room for trouble. Yep, there sure is. But, you know, they're plying ahead as if everything was perfect. Well, you know, that's, that's just how it is. So, I mean, I'm not really... Uh, yeah, I'm not really sure how they're going to to justify that. Uh, it really seems to me that they're going to have that they're going to have problems. Uh, You're but, not warm and fuzzy about any of this. That's right. I'm not warm and fuzzy about any of it. I think I think they're going to have I think they're going to have problems. I think they're going to have very serious real very serious real problems convincing people to get this. I mean, I know some big Google fans who think this is the future and they're all excited about it and that's wonderful, but I I tend to think uh uh I tend to think that this is going to fall uh, flat on Google's face right now. I mean, it's it's an idea that might be ready in a few years, but again, you're, you haven't really sold people on this concept of why they should actually give up functionality that they have now, the, uh, the freedom to install desktop software that works perfectly offline. The Chromebooks are not any cheaper than the non-Chromebooks, uh, so I really think it's all going to be... Um, I really think... It's it's all going to be an issue. I mean, I, I don't foresee. I mean, yes, some IT departments might might like this because it's in effect a thin client uh, that the user can't screw up in any way. Uh, but users aren't going to like it when they want to run Photoshop and they can't. When they want to run their Word application and they can't. When they want to run Firefox and they're forced to use Chrome. I, I just don't think it allows enough choice for people. It doesn't even let you do to do a desktop wallpaper. I mean. It's it's just a very, very limited system. It turns your computer into a microwave oven. It's just an appliance. But it is possible to set up a computer using cloud-based systems to run most everything. Certainly, there are versions of Microsoft Office for the cloud. You have your email on the cloud. I suppose it could be done, but... What worries me is when you have a product that's unfinished, I worry about 
a product that's released and says, well, key features like the ability to store stuff offline, that's coming in the future. It's kind of like what we have with the RIM BlackBerry Playbook that right now you have to bridge your playbook with or tether with a BlackBerry to use an email client, but they're going to change that maybe in a few months. This unfinished stuff that you're buying a product for hundreds of dollars and you're a beta tester for it. Yeah, I mean, I think that there that uh, RIM is counting on people, and, and frankly, so is Motorola counting on people to be beta testers for their products, or to kind of overlook the fact that the products are a promise rather than the delivery of anything. You know, it's it's a little ridiculous to, I mean, to to have the hubris of running a, an ad campaign that says amateur hour is over, and then release a half finished product. Did you know that that that's their new ad slogan for the playbook? Well, the one I saw is where they show you how they do, quote-unquote, true multitasking, and you see all these movie trailers, like for the movie Thor. Obviously, they had to pay Marvel Studios and Paramount Pictures for the rights to do that. And they're saying, we should care because you can take a 7-inch tablet computer and stick four movies on them, all playing simultaneously. Who cares? Yeah, I mean, I will say this. I've played with the playbook, and... What I like about it, because you've got to take my bias here, I'm a geek, I want something that, I want a platform that is going to give me the freedom to decide how many tasks I want to run at once, and, and I'll decide whether they're getting too much battery or whether they're sucking too much memory. Uh, and Playbook does allow you to load a lot of apps at once. Their problem is they don't have a lot of compelling apps. If they did, though, you could run them right next to each other. And what's kind of neat is as you kind of go through the multitasking, uh, kind of task switching thing there, you can actually see the little thumbnails next to each other working. So, like, you could actually see if you were, I don't know, downloading a file, you could probably see the status bar for that download right next to a video. So I think that RIM got that right. Uh, but at the same time, yeah, they really, it seems kind of, you know, it, it just seems sort of not unfocused. Like, what is the playbook? Is it a professional product uh, for businesses? Is it a consumer product for people who want to play movies? Uh, is, is it high security so that you, you can't get your email on it? It has to be on your BlackBerry. Oh, no, it's not. We're coming out with an email app in a few months to address that complaint. Does it, you know, it has a front-facing camera on it, but no, it doesn't come with video chat software, although they say they're fixing that. Like, what, you know, it just sort of seems like somewhere in, in, somewhere in Canada, there was someone like, we got to get put something out. That's, I think, part of the problem. They were rushed to get these things to market because they are scared to death that the iPad will claim so much of the market, there will be no room for everybody else. They'll all be squeezed out. Wait, let's rush this thing to market and sell a few hundred thousand so Apple sells a few hundred thousand less. But that's not the point because I did an article about this at TechNightOut.com about first impressions. If you buy an unfinished product and you're disappointed, why are you going to go back to Research in Motion, even for a BlackBerry? Why go back to Motorola for a Zoom? If you get the unfinished product and you're dissatisfied, you go to somebody else. We have Avram Pilch of Laptop Magazine. I'm Gene Steinberg, reminding you that if you have a comment or a question about the Tech Night Owl Live, write us, news at technightowl.com. Once again, that's news at technightowl.com. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live.
expect professional service from your doctor, your accountant, and even the girl who takes your morning coffee order. Why not from your domain registrar, too? Namecheap.com provides stellar service with no sneaky upselling. We offer more features and security options for your website than there are ways to order a latte. And new domains come with WhoisGuard to protect your personal info. At Namecheap.com, you can get your domain for as low as $2.99. Now is a great time to get to know Namecheap.com. Hey neighbors, Nuance offers Dragon speech recognition for a variety of platforms. Dragon Dictate for Mac, Dragon Naturally Speaking 11 for Windows, and Dragon Mobile Apps for BlackBerry, iPhone, and iPad. No matter how you compute, Dragon instantly converts what you say into text, helping you be more productive just by talking. Find out more at GetDragon.com. That's GetDragon.com. GetDragon.com. Did you know that billions are spent every year just for a simple drink of water? But it's the quality of the water that Americans are concerned with, especially after floods, hurricanes, earthquakes, and other disasters that routinely disrupt and contaminate water supplies. Safe drinking water is too important to leave to chance. That's why you need an AquaRain water filtration system. The American-made AquaRain is an essential survival tool that operates for just pennies per gallon. It lets you retrieve water from lakes, ponds, streams, or rooftops during any disaster disaster and assures you of healthy drinking water. The stainless steel Aquarain's patented space-age ceramic and GAC technology uses microfiltration and gravity to purify water. No chemicals, no electricity, no water pressure needed. And Aquarain's cartridges last for thousands of gallons. Aquarain is hands down the best water filter on the market. Call 800-572-2051 or go to aquarain.com. That's 800-572-2051 or aquarain.com. Every family needs an Aquarain. Gold. It's like nothing else on Earth. From the Romans through the Renaissance, from the Industrial Age to the Space Age, gold has weathered the test of time. For 6,000 years, gold has remained the ultimate store of wealth. According to the World Gold Council and the U.S. Mint, demand is at an all-time high. The stage is being set for the reemergence of gold as the common-sense alternative to a fiat paper currency that gets weaker every day. Midas Resources is proud to offer the hard-hitting report that arms you with the truth you need to protect you and your family from the Fed's plans for your hard-earned money. Don't gamble with your future. Call Midas Resources today and ask for your free copy of As Good As Gold. Call 1-800-686-2237 for the report the Fed hopes you'll never see. As Good As Gold can be yours by calling 800-686-2237. If you have ever thought about owning gold, you must read this report. Call Midas today at 800-686-2237. Spring and a new growing season are here. Plant a healthy garden easy and fast with OrganicaSeed.com. Easy because OrganicaSeed.com offers one of the largest online selections of organic, heirloom, non-hybrid, and untreated seeds, as well as tobacco and cotton seeds at low prices. Go to OrganicaSeed.com, spelled O-R-G-A-N-I-C-A-Seed.com. OrganicaSeed.com. Remember, Organica Seed is healthy seed. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. 
The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. We want to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, just send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. And if you want to catch up on past episodes, we have hundreds of shows for you to download direct from technightall.com slash radio. That's technightall.com slash radio. Or check us out at iTunes. We have Avram Pilch of Laptop Magazine at laptopmag.com. And we're talking about some of the new developments in other operating systems, other tablets. We go back to the Chrome OS, which is first and foremost and nothing else but a browser. Now, this is something I'd be curious about. When you talk to Google and you say, okay, tell us what's the reason for this? Why do we need or why should we care about the Chrome OS? Are we just trying to fill a market because Google needs more eyeballs for its targeted ads? Why produce it? Who cares? Because this is Google's vision of the future. And I love Google, but I think their vision of the future here is that everyone's, everyone and everything is going to be online. So what do they have to do? Well, they have to. They absolutely have to find a way to provide a system for people where they don't need anybody else's technology. So up until now, you said, oh, well, I love Google. I want to use Google products for every aspect of my day. I want to use Google Apps for my writing. I want to use you know, Google Gmail for my mail. I want to use Google Maps to help me get around. I, I, want, I want to live life and day with, with Google. But gosh darn it, when I turn on my computer, uh, what do I have? I have Microsoft's operating system to get to Google. I have Apple's operating system to get to Google. I have Ubuntu's operating system to get me to Google. Why, why, you know, and in Google's offices, they're probably like, well, well why do we want them to see Microsoft's uh, stuff and Microsoft's product? We need to be able to serve the complete lifestyle, the complete life cycle of our user. So, Let's come up with our own operating system, but don't worry, guys. We don't have to actually give it the kind of amenities that people have been used to, like a tray, a start menu, customization, a dock, the dock apps that are on there. No, don't don't worry about it. We're going to make this the simplest thing on earth. It's just going to be our browser. And and this has been an evolution for Google because remember when they first started, they didn't have their own browser either. Chrome was only a couple of years old. And I think what they found more and more is we want to control more of this user experience. We don't want other people, you know, we'll support it because we don't want to turn those people away. But what we really want from you as a user is to live every, is for every step of your computing life to be Google. In other and words, so, they want to be like Microsoft. Uh, they want to be like Microsoft wanted to be, has wanted to be in, in no longer, but, you know, back in the 90s, early 2000s, when you had a computer, well, wow, you know, Microsoft was very successful at getting almost everything you used to be Microsoft. The operating system was Microsoft. You know, your office system was Microsoft. Maybe your server was running on Microsoft. Your web server was running on Microsoft. You had a phone that was Microsoft. Your brain was running on Microsoft. You plugged in a mouse that was Microsoft. You programmed in Microsoft, you know, programming languages. Wow, we're controlling everything. Well, you know, Google wants to do that, and they have a roadblock without 
providing an operating system, and that roadblock is Windows. So how do we get around the roadblock? We have to provide our own operating system. But Google, we don't like stuff that's offline. We don't like stuff that's on the user's computer that the user has control of. So we'll give them an, uh, the minimum operating system that they need to get online and get to our stuff. And that's what they're doing. Wow. Hmm. Curious. Very curious indeed. Now, Google, of course, we understand they don't sell anything. They basically sell ads to third-party companies, and the only way they make money is if you click on those ads, and they get paid from the advertisers. You're not buying a Google retail product, except for like Google Apps is a professional version. Yeah. They are selling things to businesses. I have to say that they could do a much better job of that. You know, we at Laptop have used Google Apps. It's pretty good, but it just doesn't have the robustness that an enterprise needs. Like, you know, they don't have a lot of great management features. It just seems kind of slapped together. They don't put the latest and greatest features into Google Apps. They were very late to integrate Google Apps accounts into, you know, into Android. And then there's just many, many, many missed opportunities on Google's part to actually monetize some of the tools that they've built, which is what I feel Google's real strength is, is in building technology. If you look at something like YouTube, they ought to have a private label YouTube, and I don't know why they don't. Why they don't? They ought to have a way for people to leverage the YouTube servers and technology to cre- to create their own custom branded players that meet their own business rules and sell their own apps that sit in Google's on Google's server using Google's uh, backend. The Here. thing that bothers me also, if you depend so much on the advertising and the advertising dries up, where's your fallback? Where's your other business model? Yeah, I worry about them for that reason, too. I mean, they they have all this great intellectual property that they don't want to charge people for, all these services that they could provide, and things like Google Apps are almost an afterthought to them, whereas Microsoft has made its bones on providing services to businesses and things like that. Now, I see Google taking steps in this direction. I mean, they have this whole program with the Chromebook now where they're going to have Chromebook for business and education, where for $28 a month, on a, I think, a two- or three-year contract, uh, businesses will be able to rent a Chromebook that will be uh, hardware replaced every couple of years and all of that. But I don't think that Google, in my experience, Google does not like to deal with people. Have you ever tried to reach a person at Google about a problem that you're yes, having with Yes, and it is account? almost impossible. And I'm in the media, and I have a few media contacts at Google. But where I've run into problems with their products or services... There's no way. You can't speak to a human. They speak to companies. They speak to advertisers. But they don't understand how to deal with the public. This is certainly the example when they were selling the Google Nexus One, the smartphone with the Android OS. This is going to be the flagship product sold by Google. They had no customer support infrastructure. You had to email them, and maybe you'd get a response, and maybe you wouldn't. It was a nightmare. They're out of their league. Yeah, no, no question. Well, they don't like to do it. They don't like, Google does not like messy. Human relationships are messy. People are going to call you up and scream at you. They don't want that. They don't want to have to be responsible to people. And that is why I think that they're not, that they don't sell a lot of product. Because to sell something, you have to actually have customers. And, you know, AdSense and people who are advertisers, uh, you know, that's a pretty automated process in and of itself. You know, everything there is so highly automated and so sort of touch-free and human-free. Uh, 
that, you know, they obviously think it's very efficient, but a lot of businesses just can't run that way. So I, I, I wonder about the businesses that do go out and participate in this Chromebook program, which I'm not sure how many of them will. They may be kind of enticed by the low cost or enticed by the fact that the systems are so locked down that their users can't screw them up. Uh, but I have to wonder about what happens when the IT manager wants to call out for service and support. Is Google really going to pony up and offer that service and support like they promised? I would assume that they're going to find, uh, you know, I, they're going to find some way to do it. It may, it may be that they don't actually offer it. It may be that they, you know, find some company to provide support for them that, you know, because it, it seems so antithetical to their culture. They might have to, like, buy a support company or rent one or something. Or outsource. We have Avram Pilch of Laptop yeah. Magazine at LaptopMag.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com if you suffer from poor sleep, you need My Pillow, guaranteed to be the most comfortable pillow you will ever own. Using a patented fill, My Pillow adjusts to your exact individual needs by gently supporting your head, shoulders, and neck. My Pillow has a natural built-in cooling effect, keeping your cervical nerves cool, giving you the best sleep of your life. My Pillow will never go flat and relieve snoring, migraines, sleep apnea, fibromyalgia, and many other disorders. It's antimicrobial, non-allergenic, dust mite resistant, and best of all, machine washable and dryable. MyPillow is made in the USA, has an A rating with the Better Business Bureau, comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee, and an industry-leading 10-year warranty. Order today at MyPillow.com or call 952-442-6199. That's 952-442-6199. Mention coupon code GCN and receive 20% off your order. What do you have to lose except poor sleep? MyPillow.com, the most comfortable pillow you will ever own, guaranteed. Big Berkey water filters are in high demand. Storable foods are also in high demand. BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com has always kept our focus on the Berkey water filter products. But increasingly, our customers have been asking for storable foods. After months of research, BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com now offers great-tasting, long-lasting, storable foods. These ready-to-eat meals are packed in airtight nitrogen pouches. All you do is just add water. And because they're sealed so well, they come with a 25-year shelf life. 
Mine are Berkey water filters, which are powerful enough to purify treated, untreated, or even stagnant pond water with our storable foods, and you have a winning combination. Remember, we offer free shipping on every order over $50, and GCN listeners receive 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Visit BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com or call 877-99-BERKEY. That's BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com or call 877-99-BERKEY today. For centuries, silver has been used as a powerful natural antibiotic. And as a listener to this station, you probably already know the benefits of using colloidal silver. With so many websites to choose from, finding a reputable patriotic company with great products at affordable prices can be a difficult task. Introducing UtopiaSilver.com. UtopiaSilver.com carries the best, most effective, and most affordable colloidal silver and colloidal gold products in the industry. UtopiaSilver.com also carries products to fit your lifestyle, including weight loss, immune system defense, cleanses, herbs, joint and bone care, and much more. First-time customers using promo code GCN50 will receive 50% off all colloidal products. Visit us today at Utopia Silver, that's U-T-O-P-I-A Silver, utopiasilver.com, or call 888-213-4338. That's 888-213-4338, utopiasilver.com, taking back America's health care one American at a time. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle, live with Gene Steinberg. So the question at hand on the Tech Night Out Live with Gene Steinberg talking to Avram Pilch at Laptop Magazine. The question at hand is Google. What's it going to do? Is its business model something that can succeed on the long haul? I understand also they're trying to tighten up the controls on the Android OS because of the fragmentation issues. Is that correct? They are trying to tighten up the controls. They're trying to tighten up the release schedule for this kind of thing. I am frankly not, I'm not happy about that, and I think a lot of people aren't if you've ever developed stuff, because, because the bottom line is, you know, these things are built on Linux, and the beauty of Android is how open it is. So you, so now they're getting to a point where they want to control who gets access to the code, they want to decide that some people get access before others. It's very sort of antithetical to the spirit in which uh, Android has taken off and, and become popular, and, and very antithetical to the spirit in which it's become, you know, it's, it's become innovative and people have been able to innovate with it. I mean, there were a lot of small Chinese companies going out there and making their, you know, their, their little Android tablets. And they might not have necessarily been the greatest, but they, but they tried and they innovated. And that, I think, is how Microsoft succeeded. Uh, with yes, Windows. but the difference they, is Microsoft had a brand. Any computer that you buy has Windows. You know it's Windows. They haven't finagled with the operating system in a way that the, there's no longer that brand identity. They don't put on their own overlays and their own shells and things like that. Like HTC has its own exclusive things related to the operating system. They all use it as a starting point for their own stuff, which could be good or garbage. Whereas with a Windows PC, other than the crapware that the manufacturer may put on there and some offer you the opportunity not to have it, 
I know I've got Windows. I know if I know how to use Windows on this PC, I can use it on this PC. And certainly within Apple's environment, you learn a Mac, it's a Mac. You know, I, I just don't think that this that uh, people like HTC or companies like HTC making uh, making their own enhancements to Android is a bad thing. I think that's actually a good thing, and that's how Android has become as successful as it has. And I think uh, Andy Rubin and the team at Android are making a huge mistake if they're trying to to pull back and limit that innovation. But doesn't Take that cause at- problems for, shall we say, developers, not knowing that they're going to have the same environment? I, I don't think that things like innovating with you know with a custom UI and skin is going to stop like is going to stop my game you know from my Angry Birds game from running on on the computer. Well, as long as it meets uh, the hardware. Now, the other issue, which is more important, is say you have a security problem, and apparently a lot of these earlier versions of the Android OS have deep security problems fixed in newer versions. But when you get an Android OS smartphone or even the tablet. There's no guarantee you can get the updates. I think the problem there is, as I think we've discussed in the past, is that it's really at the mercy of the carrier of two companies that don't care about you as a customer anymore, the carrier and the handset maker, instead of being at the mercy of Google. So imagine if you bought a notebook, a Hewlett Packard notebook from Staples, and you know, anytime uh, there was a new patch or service pack for Windows 7, Staples, who you already has your money, had to sign off on it in order for you to get it and then send it to you. And then also uh, Hewlett Packard, who doesn't make the operating system but makes the notebook, but may even no longer make that notebook that you bought last month, also has to sign off on it. I mean, Google needs to take the reins here. The problem isn't fragmentation. The problem is that Google needs to implement an update program. Sure, but uh, if someone's done customization, that could force the update to be, well, not proper because it may change things that HTC or Motorola have added. I think maybe what they need to do is they need to kind of come up with, a, okay, these are... There are these, these are some kind. There are some kind of updates and others. You know, if they're making a UI update, I can see why that would be a problem. But if they're making a security patch, like what has HTC really done? They've just made some cosmetic changes to the UI, which make it look prettier, which lead to a somewhat nicer user experience. So you take Sony or whatever, and maybe they've added a little something to the app menu or, or whatever. Uh, but you know what? I think ultimately. The problem here is that the user needs to be empowered. You decide when you want to run Windows Update. And if you're running a Windows Update and that Windows Update is now going to kind of make one of your programs no longer work, well, you should be warned, but then that's up to you. Well, that's true uh, with even you, an Apple update. You don't have to run the iPhone or the iOS or the Mac update. You can wait. Well, let me see if it breaks a program. Let me just check the chatter online. Let me look at this stuff and see if I need to run that update. I don't have to do it. But if I need to run a security update, at least it's there. It's available if I want to do it. But with the Android OS, I don't know if it's going to be there. Well, that's why Google needs to stand up for its users instead of always standing up for the carriers. You know, if they stood up for the users, they would say, look, users have the right to update their own phone. We're going to, you know, we're a big enough cheese now where we can stand up for our users instead of just trying to fawn over and impress the the hardware makers and the carriers. And so therefore, um, and so therefore, 
they, uh, you know, we're going to fix it so that they, that just like in Windows, you can update your own operating system. And by the way, just like in Windows, you should be able to install your own phone operating system. If, you know, if Android 2.3 comes out and it can run on my processor, I should be able to install it myself, period. Now, people have to go through this whole wacky process of rooting their phones now and, and porting it. This is ridiculous. It's like jailbreaking an iPhone, by the way. It's equivalent where you basically have to go to the top level of your OS and do all sorts of this, that, and the other thing, finagling to get it to work. But the average user shouldn't have to care about that. You should just be able to click or link or access a button and update. That's it. Yeah, I mean, look. Phones are the computer are, are the PCs of the future. It, it, it sickens me when people say that we're in the post PC era. No, what's happened is your phone has now become your most important or one of your most important computing devices. Basically, people, what you've done is expand. It's not the post PC era; it's the expanded PC era where PC is no longer just a traditional notebook or a desktop, it is a smartphone, it is a tablet, it is encompassing more and more devices. Right. It's not It's not these devices are over. No, no, no. They're reaching their pinnacle because they're getting smaller and more ubiquitous. But we need to treat the mobile devices the way that we treated the desktop ones with the same amount of user freedom and customization. We shouldn't be taking it away from people. That's what people like about Android and what a lot of people like about their phones is, wow, I can, I can make some changes. I can install my own apps. I don't want to be limited. I don't want to just have one choice of browser. I don't want to have just one choice of, of operating system. I want to decide when things, when things get made. And ultimately, that leads to innovation. This is why Windows Phone 7, in my opinion, is is on such a wrong track right now, is because Microsoft has learned the absolute wrong lesson uh, from the phone industry, which is that they want to be like Apple and control every aspect of the of the hardware and the update process. Well, Apple and learned how to do it right. Apple knows Apple, how to do that. It's not an easy lesson to learn. I, I think the problem is there's a difference between Apple, who makes you know, one or two iPhones, they control the hardware to the T, and they also make the operating system, and they also control the ecosystem. And I would argue that's not the best user experience for users, but you know what? At the very least, you could say, uh, you know what, they've done a pretty good job of providing good hardware, good software, good stuff. Now, how Android has succeeded and how Microsoft succeeded with Windows is they provided a platform and then they, then they brought in a whole bunch of hardware vendors and gave them incentive and encouragement to innovate. I don't think now- Microsoft knows how to do that anymore because they couldn't do it with music players, so they begat the Zune, which is more like Apple. We can talk about this more in a moment. Avram Pilch of Laptop Magazine at LaptopMag.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack! Attack! 
of the Rockoids. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes, The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans a galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack, Attack of the Rockoids, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. Ready to save? Then you're ready for the Super Summer Sale at Herbal Healer Academy. Herbal Healer has been the leader in quality natural supplements for 23 years. Log on to HerbalHealer.com and take advantage of Herbal Healer Academy's incredible savings on 500 parts per million colloidal silver. The best pharmaceutical grade available at all sizes on sale. Super Male Plex with Uhimbi and Super Femplex for summer toning. Buy Glucosamine Chondroit in 60 caps, summer sale priced at only $12. Colon and answer 250 caps, summer sale priced at just $18. And if your brain's a little foggy, we have a great supplement on sale called Memory Power. Log on and hit the postcard specials link for more super summer savings at HerbalHealer.com. As always, new customers get a free catalog with first order. Herbal Healer Academy, healing the world with nature one person at a time. If you're concerned about radiation poisoning from Japan in the air, water, or food and can't find potassium iodide, go to RestoreYourHealthNow.com and choose Liquid Zeolite. Liquid Zeolite is hands down the best product to remove radiation from your body and safely removes toxins, heavy metals, boosts energy levels, and promotes a strong immune system. For fatigue, muscle weakness, headaches, memory loss, influenza, joint pain, or toxic radiation poisoning, use Liquid Zeolite from RestoreYourHealthNow.com. Liquid Zeolite is so powerful it was used to clean up contamination in Chernobyl, yet so gentle you won't even know you're taking it. Liquid Zeolite comes with a money-back guarantee but is only available at RestoreYourHealthNow.com. Learn how to get free bottles of Liquid Zeolite at RestoreYourHealthNow.com. That's RestoreYourHealthNow.com or call 800 880 Call 800-880-9976 today and learn how to get free bottles of liquid zeolite. Go solar for cheap. Want to use solar power, but the price is too high? Now you can build your own solar panels for less than $200 at 123CheapSolar.com. Don't laugh. We've sold over 45,000 solar do-it-yourself kits. Watch the step-by-step videos that even non-handyman types can use. We offer a 60-day money-back guarantee. Go to 123CheapSolar.com or call 800-713-0486. 800-713-0486. Reduce your foreign oil dependency when you go green with 123CheapSolar.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. 
We'll spend another segment with our friend Avram Pilch of Laptop Magazine at LaptopMag.com. He's the online editorial director. We've talked about Google, about their problems and the growing pains, I guess, in trying to deal with products that cater not, of course, to manufacturers, to advertisers, but to the end user, to customers, to regular people trying to find their way. Now, with Microsoft, they can't do it the Apple way, but couldn't they handle Windows Phone 7 as successfully as Windows? What happened? Well, I think the problem is that they sent out very strict marching orders to all their handset makers uh, that you can only make your phone this way. So you got to have this screen, you got to have this kind of radio in it, you got to have this, you can't modify the user interface at all, you can't modify the hardware at all, you can't, you know, the camera can be this kind of camera, you know, it was, there's no reason or way for Samsung or HTC or any of those folks to innovate on Windows Phone 7. They, you know, they don't have a real way to innovate. Now, they've talked about maybe for Nokia, they're going to bend the rules a bit. But, but then that cheats all the other customers. Right. I mean, but you, you got to look at Android. Like, you know, does someone from HTC have to call up Andy Rubin and beg his permission if they want to put LTE on their next phone? No, they just do it. You know, does Kyocera, which made a really, really innovative product in the Kyocera Echo, which is the first dual-screen phone, have to call up have to call up Eric Schmidt and beg for a papal uh, exemption or something? You know, they have the operating system and they can riff on it any way they want and build products. And if the products aren't good, the market will decide and the users will decide. Not some executive and not, and not some executive in Redmond. Sure, but I think the part of it is also it's the branding. I mean, if you buy Windows, you know you're getting the brand Windows. If you buy Android, the brand isn't there because of all the changes that different companies make. There's a branding issue, which I think is a concern. But then in order to ensure that branding, suddenly Google is forced to engage in more controls. So some of the charms, such as they might be, of the Android OS have to be removed if you want a consistent brand. If I know I want the Android OS and I'll get the consistent interface, I learn how to use the HTC product, but if I go to Motorola, some of the features aren't there. So the branding is failing. I, I don't think I don't think that's as big a problem. I mean, users are used to this with their computers. You know, it's Windows from one to the other. The only difference is going to be maybe the desktop backdrop's a different color because HP or some other company changed it, or they have some different apps on the desktop. Windows is Windows. Well, I mean, this. Well, it's true that the UI is pretty much untouched. I mean, we've seen some people do some pretty funky stuff with Windows too. I mean, not not to the extent of say HTC Sense, but we do see things like the the battery manager in Windows being replaced by someone's custom battery manager. We see the volume control being replaced. We see lots of parts of the control panel, and now with Windows uh, Windows stuff that has touch. We actually see some some products that are actually coming with a touch UI shell that is on top of Windows. Now, I'm not saying it's necessarily the best experience. Some of these touch UI shells we've seen are not the greatest, but they have the power and ability to do it. Uh, but then again, the user has the power and ability to turn it off. Okay, but here's the market, and let's just look at this because we have only a short time. We basically have Android. We have the iOS. RIM seems to be fading. You know, their luster's not there anymore. Microsoft is trying this deal with Nokia. Hopefully, it's going to turn it around. But right now, it looks to me like 
you'll have Android, you'll have Apple, and that's going to be most of it. Uh, you know, it's hard to say. I mean, I think Windows Phone 7, because of just the ubiquity of Microsoft and how much Nokia has invested in it, has a chance. But they have to up their game. They have to come out with some really compelling hardware. They haven't done it. I think BlackBerry is BlackBerry's in really big trouble. BlackBerry's in really big trouble because they don't seem to even realize that they're in trouble. They don't That's even the seem worst to realize thing. That's they the need worst to do thing. anything. I think the problem there is that the co-CEOs, you know, they couldn't decide who's going to be the CEO and who's going to be the operations manager. They can't decide what their vision is going to be. Yeah, I, I don't think they know what their vision is going to be, and I also think that they don't seem to have been watching the marketplace. Like, they, they come out with products that are about two or three years behind the competition and then act like they've innovated. Like, that's not... But Microsoft did that, too. Let's be frank about it. Yes, I think Microsoft did do that, too. Microsoft at least has some help from some partners. People expected more of BlackBerry, and they're not getting it. And this thing with the playbook is certainly not really showing them to be very facile to be releasing a product that's half-baked and then advertising it saying everybody else is an amateur but amateur hour is over i mean be humble you know be humble about what you're doing i, I would Google, be humble and not release the product i'd say we're not going to release a product until it's a hundred percent ready and that's it lose a few sales now but you gain a lot more later because you gain more respect if you throw the thing on the market hoping to gain a beachhead against Apple, all you do is make Apple look better because everything else looks inferior. If you give people a bad user experience, you have 1,000 BlackBerry playbooks with operating system problems at Staples have to be recalled. That's a bad first impression. People are not going to come back to your product. They're going to say, who needs this? Maybe Apple has a controlled ecosystem, but the damn thing works. And there's a lot to be said for that. They can see something that's dependable. I think all these tablet makers got to go back to the drawing boards and say, yes, we can advertise open and all this stuff, but the product has to be fully realized out of the box. If you are trying to expect people to pay four, five, six, seven hundred dollars and be a beta tester for months before the thing works right, I think they're going to fail. I think what they could have done, and, and you're right, they obviously screwed up in a big way. But what they could have done is they could have taken Google's uh, Google's tack of labeling it beta. Google can get away with murder by labeling things beta that are actually in really good condition. I mean, didn't Gmail just go out of beta like six months ago? It was in beta for 10 years. But everything else is still in beta for Google, I think. <laughs> right. So they could have what they could have done, if they wanted to make an impact, generate buzz, they could have released the product, maybe not released it uh to every place, not with a big marketing hype. They could have get, they could have released the product out to some people. Uh, you know, you maybe you'd be able to buy it through their store or something like that. Really, kind of hush, hush, hush. Make it a little exclusive, and then you know, labeled it as beta and let people use it and let it get out in the press. And when people said it was beta, oh, okay, you know, so it doesn't have it doesn't have email now, but that's all right. It's under beta. It's coming. Like people are very forgiving of things that are labeled as beta, perhaps more than they should be. And also, uh, what you can do is give them maybe a little cash card or something or a gift card and say, okay, if you buy the beta version, we'll give you $50 worth of apps free or something. You know, give them an incentive. Make them feel good about it. Not I'm paying full price and the thing still doesn't work right. If you say beta, okay, help us test it to make the best product, you will get 
the final operating system. We guarantee that for your trouble, here's a $50 gift card. Get free apps or something, anything. I mean, that would be good. Or, you you know, you look at, for example, Microsoft when they came out with Windows 7. They went through like two or three public betas where anyone could download a free, obviously, that software so they could just give it away for free without, uh, you know, without spending anything to produce it. But, you know, these things went through a lot of betas, and so people kind of, it built up the hype. I mean, I, I used Windows 7 beta for like a year before I switched to Windows, and I couldn't wait for the final one. I was, wow, the beta's pretty good. I, I'm not. I'm never going back. So, you know, I think I think that's a, a reasonable approach. But then to release something with all the hubris that BlackBerry has released the playbook, uh, you know, when they really should have either not released it or released it under beta, I think that makes them look bad. It makes them look clueless. Like, what's going on? back there. Do you guys have a plan? Do you know what you're doing? Well, if you ask them, they can't explain it to you. This is the biggest problem. You talk to those CEOs and you say, okay, what's your game plan? What's your vision for the future? Duh. You know, and then, then you know, Lazaridis uh, of, of RAM came off extremely defensive in that interview. Uh, you know, he can't, and, and when you sit, seem like you're sitting there yelling at people, uh, you know, to leave me alone, well, then you're not giving people, you know, it's clear that you're evading the question. And it's clear, you know, better to come out and say, look, we've got problems and we're trying to solve them than to come out come out swinging and say, you know, stop attacking me. Like, he looks Only Steve defensive. Jobs can get away from telling people where to go and how to get there. Avram Pilch, tell us where we can find more of the things you do. Well, you can find them at laptopmag.com, of course, on our homepage. And uh, you can look forward to seeing uh, my weekly columns at laptopmag.com slash geeksgeek, all one word. And, uh, you know, check us out and, and see, uh, see what we have to say. Our favorite geek, Avram Pilch of Laptop Magazine at laptopmag.com. Thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Hi, Ted Anderson announcing a great way to listen to radio on the telephone. By calling 760-569-7700, you'll be hearing GCNlive.com programs in seconds. Come to GCNlive.com, find your favorite host's dedicated phone number, and hear them 24-7. You heard me right, every show has a dedicated phone number. Stop by GCNlive.com and bookmark their number today. And again, that's 760-569-7700. We the People Grow Cotton, Weave Fabric, Engrave Ink, Embed Strips and Fibers to protect from counterfeit and carding to a private bank, having it lent back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Welcome back to the Tech Night All Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Here we have Daniel Aaron Dilger from Roughly Drafted Magazine and Apple Insider at appleinsider.com. And we're talking about a lot of the current scuttlebutt about Apple, Google, and other things. And I guess the first thing we should talk about is all those privacy concerns in Congress 
You know, they've brought Apple and Google there. Obviously, these are the 800-pound gorillas you have to be afraid about, or do you? What do you think? Well, anytime there's a controversy and you have people complaining about an issue, they, they have to step in and take some action. This was It is an interesting situation because we, we don't really have a lot of clear laws covering every aspect of privacy, especially with these new devices, because it's kind of a new thing. I mean, cell phones are relatively new, but the idea of having a full computer in your pocket with GPS and the ability to run apps is fairly recent. This is only like the last few years that this has even been possible, and now a lot of us have that. I mean, a huge percentage of the population is now has a full-on computer that has to be able to connect to a network all the time for it to be useful. And so there, there are new considerations that are coming up. For example, how do, how do not only the device itself, the company that makes the device, like Apple, the company that provides a service, like AT&T, and all the different app developers, how do they protect that data? Do they use it in ways that, are, that make sense? Do they protect it? Or do they just kind of use it however makes, makes the money? And Apple's been kind of over the last couple of years has been kind of bending over backward to make sure that things aren't too, to kind of make sure that things are, are progressing in kind of a, a intelligent way. So for example, just the idea of asking, there's an app that wants to know your location. Do you want to give it to them? That's kind of a new idea because we're used to on computers having things like apps running on the machine able to do whatever. And that's kind of the basis of malware is that apps on a computer can really do anything that you give them permission to do. And the general security model for computers is that when you set up a computer, you're, you essentially give a, for, for a home user, you essentially give applications you install full access in, in general terms, usually, because most people log in as a, with a full user account. And the reason they do is because it's more convenient that way. You don't have to worry about, is this application... Does, does it have enough permissions to do what the things that I want it to do? So a lot of people just give everything permissions to do everything, which is a security leak because if you have people that are trying to take advantage of you or, or exploit software, that makes it very easy to set up things that either plaster your screen with ads or destroy your data or steal data or you know a variety of things. So we've always had this this problem on PCs of with malware. And when Apple came on, I mean, when Apple kind of brought the desktop two cell phones with an iPhone, they did a number of things that prevented that from replicating. So apps are sandboxed into their own little environment where they can't do specific things. In fact, there's very little things that an app can do. It can't even use data that is available to other apps, for example, in, in many cases. And it has to ask permission to use GPS, things like that. So Apple's been working on it. And, and you know, it's, it's a, a learning process. So you have to find out, it's not always obvious what people are going to want to exploit, you know, people who are trying to do something malicious or, you know, selfish on some level. And so Apple has been working to set up things so that they anticipate problems that may arise in the future. And so you don't really have any malware on the iPhone. Android has had a, a much less careful sort of development because they're trying to catch up with Apple really quickly and they're trying to offer things that Apple doesn't offer. And one of the ways they do that is to the balance between security and safety or, you know, security and convenience, they're issuing towards kind of convenience and, you know, I'll call it openness, but that also opens you up to a lot of problems. And that's why Android has malware and the iPhone doesn't really. 
and it has significant malware. Now, there was a story out just the other day that security researchers have said that 99% of users of Android smartphones are in situations where they're vulnerable to malware because the fix was contained in a version of the Android OS that's later than what most of these people have or can get. Well, one of the situations, I mean, the one that I'm familiar with is that Google is doing some things that aren't really secured and over Wi-Fi. So, for example, your calendar and your contacts and, and things like that are not securely handing their, um, they're not authenticating securely over the network in a way that could be intercepted so people could get your data, as I understand it. That's something that Google's working to fix. But even if Google does issue a fix, that doesn't mean that the installed base of Android users out there are going to get fixed. Because there's a lot of devices that are just never going to get updated. There's a lot of devices that, even if there is an update, you have to have the planets align between the device maker and the carrier so that that actually gets pushed out. Now, that's the big problem here with, of course, the iPhone. Apple provides the support for the device. Your network, whoever it is, AT&T, Verizon, they take care of your cell phone service. So if there's going to be an update for the iOS, a security update, any update, what they'll do is they'll make it available through iTunes. They push it directly. Anyone who syncs their iPhone, iPad, iPad Touch can get the update. Right. I mean, that's because Apple created it kind of an entirely new model for cell phones that's patterned much closer to a Mac OS X desktop that you get your, your software updates directly from Apple. Everyone else, including these new Android phones, use the same model as you know phones from before the iPhone, where you have the carrier sending software over the network to update the phone. It used to be that you almost never got updates. And with Android, they're actually pushing out updates, but it's a problem because even if Android delivers... The, if the Android project or if a company that makes Android phones, even if they deliver an update, it has to be kind of specific to that individual phone. And it's not like the iPhone where there's, you know, four models. You have to have specific versions for, you know, literally thousands of different models that are slightly different in their in hardware. And it also has to be handled through all these different carriers. So each carrier decides whether to push that update. Yeah, and and the hardware maker, I mean, even the hardware makers, they make so many different phones that in a lot of cases they stop making a phone and, you know, why are they going to want to update your software once they've made a phone? It's like, why don't you just buy a new phone? Well, that's also the problem, too. They bring out updates so often. You know, Apple, the iPhone has a one-year life cycle, maybe even more. You never know. But with some of these droid phones, it's what, three, four months? Well, the top Droid phone is always, you know, like a month or two old. There's always something that's making it obsolete. But, yeah, if you have, and there's different classes of phones. It's not just like one iPhone model that's the current version. There's, you know, a variety of carriers that have like three or four different high-end phones and then low-end phones and then like super cheap phones. Those super cheap phones are probably running a year-old version, I mean, more than a year-old version of Android. In some cases... When I was looking at just kind of a an overview of how these phones are getting updated, there does not seem to be any phones that get updated within three months of the software coming out, apart from sometimes Google has been able to update its own, you know, the Google Nexus One. They were trying to deliver it on kind of a model closer to Apple's. But in terms of third-party Android makers, there's almost never 
phones that get an update within three months of an update being available, and many of them don't get an update for six months or more. So that's a long time. With an iPhone, you get an update the day it comes out. Okay, now that's the problem. Where do you go? What do you do? Some people suggest you root or jailbreak your Android device and hope that the official update that you retrieve from what, Google, will actually work on your device? Well, that yeah, that was the the conventional thinking of before this kind of became obvious that just Android phones are not getting updated. There, I think there was a general consensus that Apple, that uh, Android was going to be able to deliver updates faster because it was open and because you could do anything. And you know, even if your company, the idea was that even if a, if your carrier and your phone company didn't provide you the update, you could go out and install it yourself. And I think it was Andy Rubin who who tweeted out that you know the definition of open is being able to download Android yourself. And it's like, well, that's a nice idea, but you're not actually able to an- download Android in the form that people think of Android. Okay, no, I understand. It's not like you can just download a full disk image or an operating system upgrade. Let's get into this more in a moment. We have Daniel Aaron Dilker. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. Have you been sitting on a few great domain name ideas but haven't locked them in for yourself? Good. Now you can buy them through the number one domain name registrar, Namecheap.com, as voted by the top tech blog Lifehacker. Just like the name says, you can buy domains cheap, as low as $2.99. And every new domain comes with WhoisGuard, our special privacy service, free for the first year. Now that you know, it's time to grab those domain names before someone else does. Namecheap.com. Go now. Namecheap.com. Ever been to a concert and wish your friends could experience the atmosphere with you? Ever been on a mountaintop and wish you could share the beautiful view with your family? Ever thought, they've got to see this? Share those amazing experiences with the unique photo collages of the iPhone app, You Gotta See This, by Boing Software. Now available for the iPhone 4, iPod Touch, and the brand new iPad 2 for just $1.99. See great examples at boinks.com slash see this. The American people think they live in a constitutional republic. Land of the free, home of the brave. Right. Just try those lines on the judge when you get a ticket or have to deal with a big bad IRS. Instead, use escapeharassment.com. Since 1972, our volunteer group of researchers and educators have successfully taught how to escape tickets by law, and it works. Escape harassment has three different steps to follow, depending on where you are in the ticket process. Learn how to escape tickets, IRS, or court proceedings before you go to court. For free, three-minute pre-recorded information and FAQs, call this toll-free number, one 877 9009. That's 877 457 9009. Or go to escapeharassment.com and see our money back guarantee. That's escapeharassment.com. Remember, escape harassment works. On the average, Americans work between 45 to 50 years hoping to build up enough wealth to retire and live out their golden years. Unfortunately, with taxation, the rising cost of food, energy, housing, and medical, many retirees are forced to live below the poverty line. Is this a flaw free enterprise, or is our monetary unit we call the Federal Reserve Note forcing us into perpetual debt, ensuring inflation and higher taxes? These questions and more can be answered by reading G. Edward Griffin's book, The Creature from Jekyll Island. Congressman Ron Paul states it's 
experience what every American needs to know about central bank power. A gripping adventure into the secret world of international banking cartel. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I will give a silver dollar from the early 1900s to anyone who purchases this book. Call 1-800-686-2237 and order a copy today. It's critical that the public be made aware of the system. Call and order your copy today at 1-800-686-2237. That's 1-800-686-2237. Spring and a new growing season are here. Plant a healthy garden easy and fast with OrganicaSeed.com. Easy because OrganicaSeed.com offers one of the largest online selections of organic, heirloom, non-hybrid, and untreated seeds, as well as tobacco and cotton seeds at low prices. Go to OrganicaSeed.com, spelled O-R-G-A-N-I-C. Seed.com. OrganicaSeed.com. Remember, Organica Seed is healthy seed. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. G-C-N. Great talk radio starts here. We want to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. And don't forget, you can visit the famous Tech Night Owl community forums at forum.technightowl.com Get in on all the action. That's forum.technightowl.com More with Daniel Aaron Dilger of Roughly Drafted Magazine and Apple Insider. We're talking about the conundrum facing the partners for the Google Android OS for smartphones and tablets. Okay, so what is available from Google? You root or jailbreak your smartphone? You got your droid, you jailbroke your droid, now you want to get the update. What form is it in? How do you update? Well, you can, you can download the Android code, but that's the core operating system. In addition to that, you probably want the Google apps, which aren't just like freely available. You can't download the code for that. So, I mean, some of the most valuable layers of Android are the, the Google apps that it comes with. Things like you know, Gmail and the Android market and you know, that the browser things that um, are, you know, convey the value that you actually use. It's not the underlying operating system. It's those apps. And that those that's proprietary software. So the whole idea that Android is this wide open software that anybody can download and, you know, just recompile for any device on Earth is <laughs> not, not how it works. Also, recompiling, you have to understand something here. A power user, this is trivial. But, what, 95 98% of the customers of these devices, they don't know from recompiling and jailbreaking and rooting and all that stuff? Yeah, I mean, it, a lot of times it was compared to Linux distributions on PCs that you can download. And if you have somebody else helping you get packages, and you, you can kind of like automatedly install it and have a Linux desktop. It still requires, you know, some expertise in figuring out how to do stuff. But on a phone, you don't have it like that because you don't have just, like, huge amounts of software that works on any phone. You have to have 
a image that's designed to work with your specific phone to use the you know whatever chip is in it and the hardware devices that it uses things like that so you really are kind of dependent on the carrier and the hardware maker to do that and if they decide for example Sony has decided not to update certain phones because it it's a cost that they don't want to have to bear and it wouldn't you know in their decision it it wouldn't add a lot of value but it would require some work so they're just like oh well this is the last version supported well that's a problem when they've discovered that there's some kind of a serious security problem on that version that's going to be fixed in a new version how do you get that out to people who no longer benefit sony ericsson or you know whoever the carrier whoever the hardware maker is so it's just a, a different layer of problems that comes with the broadly licensed software model of android similar to the problems that affected microsoft windows but at least with Windows, you can get the updates from Microsoft. It wasn't a problem. Once Microsoft determined there was a security problem and they released a patch, we have Patch Tuesday, as some of you listeners know, well, at least you can download the update. You can install it. With this, who knows? And the other issue that's come across lately is indications that Google is now trying to assert more control over Android. What's that about? Well, for example, with Android 3, they decided not to make the code available because they're trying to get it finished for tablets, and they don't want people experimenting to try and get it on their phone and cause other problems. And it's kind of the same thing of, of convenience and security. How do you balance people's desire to do whatever with doing stuff in a way that actually works? So Android is kind of in a sort of a mess situation right now because they're scrambling to fix a lot of things, and they have people trying to adapt it to work on other things. Remember last fall, before Android 3 came out, you had Google trying to prevent people like Samsung from using Froyo, the 2.2 version, on tablets. And Samsung was determined to get a tablet out, so they had some products on the market. They did it anyway. And so they came out with the tablet, didn't really work very well, and kind of made, you know, kind of associated Android tablets with not very good. So that kind of made Android look bad, even though it was Google, even though Google was saying, hey, wait, you should wait for this new version we have. And then when they do get it out, when they do get Android 3.0, the honeycomb tablets out, it's not quite ready yet. So there's a lot of things that are just not functional yet. And they're, they're scrambling to fix it to catch up with Apple. And every implementation out there is a product that looks bad. So it makes Android look bad. It makes Android look worse. So you have the, you know, the Motorola Zoom comes out, and it was supposed to be the, the first honeycomb tablet. Well, it had a lot of problems. There's just a lot of stuff that didn't work on it. So it makes Android look bad. So Google's trying to like rein that back. So they're, they're trying to be more like Apple in, in being able to release products that are fully finished without a lot of stuff leaking out. And that's really the opposite of having this, this idea of everything is free and open. Because you can't have things that are free and open and also do things Apple's way, where you do surprise, here's a new product, and everything is just dialed in on it. We've made this so that it works for ideally for 80% of the population you know, you know, there's going to be a few people that don't like it because it doesn't do X, Y, Z. Well, with Android, it's like every product that comes out is kind of tailored for those that small group of the population that wants to do anything and is ready to, you know, fuss around with it and put up with things that aren't really finished, like so that they can. But it's not ready for the you know the majority of the population. They just want something that works. Famous last words, huh? That's been kind of the situation for a lot of different companies that are trying to emulate Apple without actually doing things the way Apple does it. If you want to do things the way Apple does it, you have to actually do it the way Apple does it. If you want to have the same type of products, if you want to have the same kind of secrecy or whatever, and surprise the market, you have to do it the way Apple does it. 
if you don't do it the way Apple does it, if you follow this kind of Microsoft or kind of Android model, you're not going to be able to deliver the same kinds of products. But people keep trying to do that. I mean, companies like like Motorola, you know, they're they're trying to say that they're going to make an iPad better than Apple. Well, you should probably look at how Apple does it instead of trying to take somebody else's operating system that isn't finished and put it on hardware and then throw it out in the market before it's before even basic features are functional. I mean, come on, they're just it's almost like a comedy of errors to watch this stuff go on. Well, we have the situation here. We have the RIM BlackBerry Playbook. And there's a story, by the way, from our friend Jim Dalrymple at the Loop at LoopInsight.com, where he says, number one, sales are underperforming. Less sales than they expected of the BlackBerry Playbook. Number two, the fact that a large number of people are returning it because of different problems. Of course, we heard that a 1,000 units were recalled, mostly at the Staples chain, mostly distributed there because of operating system deficiencies. But also we have this curious move on the part of RIM to tether, in a sense, the playbook to a regular BlackBerry if you want to use an email client. That sounds like it's becoming a huge mess. Well, yeah, so RIM is kind of like HP in that they're trying to be more like Apple, I think, in trying to release a product that's you know, waiting till it's done and like release it. But it's really hard. Apple makes this stuff look easy. But I mean, some of the problems Rim was dealing with is they're putting together a browser and an operating system and various other components that they acquired last year. I mean, this is, they're really trying to rush through a product here. And you're just not going to be able to integrate a whole bunch of different stuff like that overnight. And so that's what, you know, they kept talking about how they were going to, it just it just takes a long time to get stuff done, and now that it is done, I mean they're they're taking shortcuts. For example, I mean the the main reason why BlackBerry is, is kind of valuable to the users that it appeals to is because of secure messaging. I'll tell you what we'll get into more of that in a moment. We have Daniel Aaron Dilger. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. <laughs> Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs. Convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com Extend your life with Extend Hi, my name's Russ, and after my heart attack, I wasn't sure what was going to happen. I needed to keep on working, but now it's becoming a problem. I heard about these garlic cayenne drops and hoped it would help me. Well, 
I've been taking them for about four months, and the way I'm feeling now, I can see how I just might make it to retirement, thanks to Extendivite. My name's Don Wiskin, and I want you to know Extendivite works. If you're looking for more energy or just want to be as healthy as you can, now is the time to join the growing list of real people benefiting from Extendivite. To order, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit our website at heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendovite. He looks five years younger. He doesn't fall asleep at his desk like he used to. He no longer drinks those energy drinks all day. He used to be gloomy. Now he's upbeat. He obviously has lost weight. He's now drinking Moringa in the Morning from BigJoe.us. Moringa is a delicious, all-organic, 100% bioavailable blend from the Miracle Moringa Tree, considered by many to be the most nutrient-rich plant ever discovered. Moringa in the Morning will suppress cravings for junk food and energy drinks and make you feel like a kid again. Drink Moringa in the Morning, available from BigJoe.us. That's B-I-G. J-O-E dot U-S. Vibrant Health is just a click or call away at BigJoe.us or 800-503-0515. 800-503-0515. That's 800-503-0515. Drink Moringa in the morning. Ready to save? Then you're ready for the Super Summer Sale at Herbal Healer Academy. Herbal Healer has been the leader in quality natural supplements for 23 years. Log on to HerbalHealer.com and take advantage of Herbal Healer Academy's incredible savings on 500 parts per million colloidal silver. The best pharmaceutical grade available at all sizes on sale. Super Male Plex with Uhimbi and Super Femplex for summer toning. Buy Glucosamine Chondroitin 60 cap summer sale priced at only $12. Colon and answer 250 caps summer sale priced at just $18. And if your brain's a little foggy, we have a great supplement on sale called Memory Power. Log on and hit the postcard specials link for more super summer savings at HerbalHealer.com. As always, new customers get a free catalog with first order. Herbal Healer Academy, healing the world with nature one person at a time. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. We have Daniel Aaron Dilger of Roughly Drafted Magazine and AppleInsider.com. And we're talking over problems, problems with the Google Android OS, with RIM, Research in Motion, and the BlackBerry. And you mentioned here one reason why the BlackBerry is so attractive is because of its very secure corporate messaging. But doesn't Apple have security, too? Right. So it's not just like a general email program. For RIM to be able to deliver the software, what you're talking about, they kind of made a shortcut of doing this tethering. So for your calendar and your email and things to work, you have to have it tethered to a, to a BlackBerry smartphone. So- and here's the problem, by the way, with that. Tethering means you have to buy a separate data contract with your wireless carrier. They're not just going to let you do it free. Right. So you're paying an extra, you know, like $40 on AT&T or whatever. But that allowed them to get out those features without having to um, wait for 
an entirely new client to be designed for the playbook. So, you know, it's kind of a, a shortcut to get it out to the market. But and they also- do claim, by the way, eventually they will have that client. But then, in a sense, they're saying, here's a product that's 80% finished. Buy it now, and maybe somewhere in the future we'll make it work. The same thing is happening with the Motorola Zoom, where there's certain features that are not finished. Now, with Apple, as a contrast, yes, the first iPhone lacked features. But Apple never promised you those features. They said, here's a working product that does thus and so. With no promise of what will ever change in the future, you know what's ever in there works. Yeah, I mean, the the difference is, like you say, a lot of it is marketing because, I mean, with the iPhone, with the iPad, there's a lot of things that didn't work when it first came out. Um, some of those things are things that Apple does plan to fix, but they don't emphasize. So a lot of it has to do with kind of decision making so a lot of engineering is deciding what you're not going to do and and then standing up for that so you know like when the iphone first came out it didn't have multitasking in the sense of being able to immediately switch between applications it didn't originally have a store and it got criticized for di- these different things it didn't have but apple focused on what they did have and worked really hard to decide that the features that they were adding were the most valuable that they could be adding other companies don't always necessarily make decisions that are similarly intelligent. I mean, a lot of companies are doing leaving out things that you, you just can't leave out or striving to get something on there. For example, Apple said, we're not going to support Flash. We're just not going to do that because we don't think it's the right thing to do. So everyone else is trying to differentiate their products, all these different Android tablet makers, in saying, we do support Flash. You know, we're better than the iPad because we support Flash. Well, in case after case, Flash didn't really support well enough to be a bullet item, it wasn't ready. It still isn't ready. It doesn't work ideally. It's getting to the point where it's it's offering like a feature where you can actually do certain things you can't do with an iPad, but they tried to push it so hard as, as a unique feature that they kind of jumped the gun on it. We have a situation now where there's this Google Chrome operating system announced a couple of years ago, and as I mentioned in our previous interview earlier in the show with Avram Pilch of Laptop Magazine, basically it's a browser. The entire operating system takes this Linux base, sticks a browser on it. You do everything from the browser in the cloud. And they're sending out these notebook computers, which cost no less than regular notebook computers, cheap Windows notebook computers. And they have no capability of storing data locally. They say that'll come. So you'll sit there with the risk of something happening in the cloud. And it does happen. Everyone has outages. Amazon, Microsoft. You could be stuck with a brick while you wait for this feature to come. What kind of marketing plan is that? Well, it's not necessarily new. There's always been this idea of creating diskless computers, remember the NC. And Google's a web company, so they're trying to focus on what they're best at. Google does not know how to make platforms. I mean, outside of a web platform, they they have never made a computer operating system or, and, you know... Android's growing pains really indicate that, that Google is not really a platform company. They're a web company. I mean, the web is a platform, but they, they don't have, they've, they've never had to maintain a development platform outside of the web. And so that's where they're more, most comfortable with. And so, of course, they're coming out with a product that, where the web is the whole computer. Whether or not people will be interested in that is remains to be seen. But there's also, I mean, they kind of set up a contention within the company of how much are we going to focus on Android with its Java-like platform 
and how much are we going to focus on a Chrome OS future where the web is everything? Because at some point, I think they're going to say, let's just ditch this whole Android platform and move everything to Chrome OS. But they're not going to do that as long as there's life in Android. So there's somewhat of a contention. And there's been reporting recently of they don't call the browser an Android Chrome, even though you would think it would be called Chrome. I mean, the iPhone's browser is Safari. And part of the reason for that is it's not really clear, but there is some contention between the people who work on Chrome and the people who work on on Android. Because well, that's nice. Of, it's kind of similar to you know everything within Microsoft where people are competing with each other instead of with the competitors. To what end? Now, I can understand maybe in Microsoft you have profit-making divisions and maybe each one wants to get the favor or curry the favor of the management, get raises, that kind of thing. But when you're not selling the product, why do you do that? Well, the products that I, that um, Google has are its Android Core OS, which it doesn't make any money on, and its proprietary Google Apps for Android, which direct people to its services. Chrome OS is built in, so it's only it's it's just like hooks into the mothership of Google. Well, if you look at where Google's priorities lie, it's not in creating a free free operating system for everyone else to use. And the core part of Android has been used by companies in China to create mobile devices that don't hook into Google at all. It's been used by Verizon in the U.S. to hook into Microsoft's Bing services instead of Google. And so Android itself does not necessarily benefit Google. The iPhone benefits Google more than Android in general terms. It's the Android apps that are not on every Android phone that benefit Google. Whereas with Chrome OS, everything benefits Google because it's all going to be tied to Google stuff. So you can kind of, you know, if you look at where Google's going to make money, they would like to move everything to Chrome OS. But right now, Chrome OS has no traction. There is, you know, people in general don't like web apps as opposed to a native client where, for example, if if you're on the web, you go to a website on your iPhone, all these websites are saying, hey, download our, our custom app. You can do more. Everything's a little bit faster. You know, you have like a, a native application. And people like those native applications. That's why the app stores come on gangbusters. Because it's it's more optimized than a you know generic website that was designed for desktop computers and you know may work also for mobile devices all right. But if you can create a a, a native app, it's more attractive. People would much rather use a good email app than use webmail. It's just clunkier. The web is just not the greatest platform in the world. It's it's very good general purpose, but it's not the best. And for Google, it is it's it is Google's best. And so Google is trying to sell a product that is, you know, the general consensus is that the web is not the best platform, but it's the widest platform, and it's the best for Google because Google's not having to sell it against Windows or Mac OS or iOS, it it can sell it as something that works on anything. So Google's Docs, for example, can work on any platform because they're a web app. They're not necessarily better than using Word or better than using, you know, any other dedicated web processor app. Let me ask you a question here then. 
And that is, can you use the Office for web that Microsoft has on the Chrome OS? I assume you can, but it's just a web-based system. Uh, I don't know. I haven't used the Office web apps, really. Okay. We'd have to see how that works. Confusing. No, we'll get into that in a moment. Because this is a long and complicated story about where Google wants to take you and whether you want to go there. Right. We have Daniel Aaron Dilger of Roughly Drafted Magazine and AppleInsider.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Hey, neighbors. Nuance offers Dragon speech recognition for a variety of platforms. Dragon Dictate for Mac. Dragon Naturally Speaking 11 for Windows. And Dragon Mobile Apps for BlackBerry, iPhone, and iPad. No matter how you compute, Dragon instantly converts what you say into text, helping you be more productive just by talking. Find out more at GetDragon.com. That's GetDragon.com. GetDragon.com. You expect professional service from your doctor, your accountant, and even the girl who takes your morning coffee order. Why not from your domain registrar, too? Namecheap.com provides stellar service with no sneaky upselling. We offer more features and security options for your website than there are ways to order a latte. And new domains come with a WhoisGuard to protect your personal info. At Namecheap.com, you can get your domain for as low as $2.99. Now is a great time to get to know Namecheap.com. If you suffer from poor sleep, you need MyPillow. Guaranteed to be the most comfortable pillow you will ever own. Using a patented fill, MyPillow adjusts to your exact individual needs by gently supporting your head, shoulders, and neck. MyPillow has a natural built-in cooling effect, keeping your cervical nerves cool, giving you the best sleep of your life. MyPillow will never go flat and relieve snoring, migraines, sleep apnea, fibromyalgia, and many other disorders. It's antimicrobial, non-allergenic, dust mite resistant, and best of all, machine washable and dryable. MyPillow is made in the USA, has an A rating with the Better Business Bureau, comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee, and an industry-leading 10-year warranty. Order today at MyPillow.com or call 952-442-6199. That's 952-442-6199. Mention coupon code GCN and receive 20% off your order. What do you have to lose except poor sleep? MyPillow.com, the most comfortable pillow you will ever own, guaranteed. Economists, politicians, and even the average citizen can agree we may only be days or weeks away from the next terrible event that could literally change the face of life as we know it. Learn the secrets of the world's top survival and preparedness experts at the DFW Marriott in Dallas, Texas for the 2011 International Survival and Preparedness Conference on Memorial Day weekend, May 28th through 30th. Register at survivalist.com or toll free 866-437-6570 before time runs out. That's survivalist.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Never buy home canning jar lids again. 
No kidding. When you buy Tadler reusable canning lids once, you'll never buy canning lids ever again. Safely store emergency preparedness foods for years. Traditional metal lids are single-use throwaways containing BPA. But Tadler reusable canning lids are guaranteed to last a lifetime when used as designed for home canning. Tadler lids are made with a USDA and FDA-approved food-grade plastic, safe for direct food contact, and contain no BPA. Tadler lids are dishwasher safe, usable with standard pressure or water bath canning, eliminate food spoilage from acid corrosion, fit standard mason jars, are indefinitely reusable, and are proudly made in the USA. Place orders at reusablecanninglids.com or call 1-877-747-2793. 877-747-2793. Call 877-747-2793. Or go to reusablecanninglids.com. That's reusablecanninglids.com for Tadler Reusable Canning Lids. The original since 1976. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Do you know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl. Live with Gene Steinberg. This is our last segment this week with Daniel Aaron Dilger of, of Roughly Drafted Magazine and AppleInsider.com. And we're talking about Google's Chrome OS, which is just a web browser of an operating system. They're already, I guess, sending out to reviewers these Chrome OS notebooks. But in general, even past the business plan, even if you could use other web-based apps, and I assume if it's a generic browser, you could use anybody's app. How do you play games on it? Do you just play web games? You know, people like to use their personal computers for recreation of some kind. It's so restrictive. Well, I mean, you can you can make some of the same um, claims against the iPad because the iPad doesn't do everything a, a computer does. Apple created this system that purposefully sheds off some utility to make things simpler and easier to use. And that was readily accepted by the market because there's a lot of people who don't like to fuss with computers to pick up an iPad and just immediately you can touch things and zoom in and out. You don't have to read a manual. You don't have to understand how to configure things. It's just really, really simple. And yet it doesn't do certain things. There's a lot of things you can't do on an iPad that you can do on a, on a regular computer. So Google's trying to take it a step further and saying, okay, so we're just going to strip everything. We're just going to make it so it's basically a web browser running on Linux and you install these little web browser apps. Well, that's a, a big jump in shedding off utility. They're taking too much away. But yeah, because a lot of the value of the iPad is that, A, it's not, just, it's not just a computer with lacking features. Because netbooks were kind of like a computer lacking features. It had some value left, but there were a lot of things it couldn't do. And it, there's nothing that a netbook can do that a computer can't do. So it was like a scaled-down computer. The iPad isn't just a scaled-down computer. It adds a lot of stuff that a computer can't do. So it's, you know, it's a touchscreen. It um, syncs in all your stuff. It's very immediate. It has an entirely new user interface. It's really simple. So it's, Apple added a lot of stuff to fix problems that, with the computer, you know, fixing the security models so you don't have malware, fixing just the general use of it so it's very easy to use and very obvious and intuitive. So they're adding a lot while they're subtracting a lot of other things. So you end up with a product that's different. 
It's better in some ways and worse in some ways, but it's it's significantly different. What Google's doing is basically selling a laptop that doesn't do anything but a browser. And they're shipping with the browser a little bit, but it's not like you're going to be doing a lot of things that you can't do. It doesn't offer much in the way of new. It just now, there's one suggestion that came up here. One suggestion has come up, which is that maybe businesses who want a very restricted single-purpose computer, like to access a corporate website or something, would think of something like this because there's nothing else to compete with the employee's attention. You know, they can't run regular apps. Okay. They can't run regular games, things like that. They just concentrate on the corporate website and maybe the few things that Google offers. Well, I mean, you can do that with a computer. You can already, like, prevent it from running certain apps. So it's not like it's doing something completely new. No, it's just that it gives you something you don't have to configure. It's already available. I don't know what the logic is either, really. If you look at the other things, the iPad, the iPad ads, in addition to being a touchscreen, has a 10-hour battery life, instant on. I mean, those are the kind of things that people, when they're weighing a decision between buying a, a full computer and an iPad, look at. It's like, wow, this can do a lot of things that a computer can't do. When you look at Google's Chrome OS notebooks, it's a notebook. It's a computer. It's just running software that can only do certain things. So it doesn't have this you know, tremendous battery life. It doesn't create like new ways of working with things. It's just is a computer that doesn't do as much. And it doesn't cost significantly less than these netbooks that do the same kind of things. I think it's whereas, the same price. Yeah, whereas with Apple, I mean, the iPad isn't necessarily cheaper than the cheapest PCs, but you know, people kind of compare it to a Mac. The cheapest Mac you can buy, you know, the MacBook Air is $1,000. The iPad starts at 500 So it's significantly cheaper. Well, of course, you do have the Mac Mini at 699 yeah, but I mean, as far as like a mobile device that you could call around. Sure, sure. So if you're comparing between what you want to buy, you're like, well, do I want an Air or do I want a, an iPad for like an additional computer? Well, the Air gives you like a full computer environment with a keyboard and all this kind of stuff. The iPad gives you other things like a longer battery life, you know, direct interaction, things like that. So Apple really thinks about what they're creating in terms of a product in terms of this is exactly what, what we're going to make at this price point. It's going to have these features. It's going to add this value. And then, alternatively, we're going to have a, a small notebook computer with these features. It's going to have things like a keyboard and blah, blah, whatever. Google kind of comes up with ideas saying, how can we just like make a product that everyone else will use and will benefit from the ad end of it? So their stuff is very scattershot. It's very just like, we'll throw it out there and see what sticks. And then they come back and say, oh, well, that didn't work. So we're going we're gonna to not throw it out there quite as much. Well, they also put a beta label on everything. I mean, Android doesn't have a beta label, but it was traditional with Google to call everything beta. Even Gmail was beta until just a few months ago. Right. But you can't sell a retail product and say, hey, it's beta. Hi, I'm spending $200 for a smartphone, getting a two-year contract at $90 a month. It's beta? Well, if you look at Google's services, most of the things that are called beta were web um, web apps, you know, Google Docs or Gmail or things like that. Those were not things that, that Google was selling. Those were free products that Google invented to get you to use more Google search services. So they're kind of throwing out, here's free stuff that you can use, you can try it out, that will eventually benefit us, we hope. So it, it's very much a web model. That's A lot of stuff on the web is doing that. You know, Facebook and all this you know, back to MySpace and Friendster. It was this kind of idea of let's throw something out there, see if people use it. We'll continually refine it 
and then while they're while we create this huge audience, we'll think about how to monetize it. That's so that's it's not selling part. a product; it's creating a service and then figuring later how can we make a profit. Twitter is still trying to figure out how to make a profit. Right. That's very different from Apple. Apple doesn't throw things out there and then say, "Hmm, so everyone's using it now. How do we make money off it?" Apple creates devices that are very tra- traditional in the sense of how can we make something that costs this much to make that we can sell it for more and earn a profit. So it's very much more product oriented and you can't if if you're making products like that, you can't throw out something that's sort of beta and say, "Okay, so buy this and then we'll fix it as you're using it." And then we'll figure out how to make money on it. We don't have much time left. I presented one possibility to Avram Pilch. You might want to just respond before we go. And that is, if you're going to do that, what you do is say, okay, this is a pre-release or preview product. And we'll sell it to you. But we'll give you a 50 or or $100 gift card for products or services. And then you will be assured as a participant in our beta program of getting all the final releases, everything will be up to date but we're giving you this little bit of a bone to try it. Yeah, I mean, that works with some things. It's kind of like, you know, that's how Apple introduced Mac OS X originally, was saying, here's here's this preview that costs $29 and tells what you think. Um, so if you're kind of an underdog company trying to get people to try things, that's one thing you can do if you're selling real products. But Google is not trying to get people to try, they're not, they're not interested in paying people to try stuff that, that has no business model. They're interested in having a huge audience for stuff. As they fix it. Yeah, but the problem with that is if you pay a price for those products, it's nothing if it's a web app. You don't use it. Big deal. But you just spend $500 for this Chrome OS notebook or $300. You bought a smartphone. You bought a tablet computer for six, seven, eight hundred dollars $800. You know, that's not a game. That's not trivial. Yeah. That's why I don't think that's going like, to take off gangbusters, but we'll see. With Google, who knows? Who knows what they're doing, how they're going to do it. Tell our listeners where they can find more of the stuff written by Daniel Aaron Dilger. I write for Apple Insider and appleinsider.com. And also, my own site is uh, Roughly Drafted, roughlydrafted.com. And by the way, neighbors, you can find more of the stuff I do at technighthow.com. Once again, that's technighthow.com. We are on Twitter, too. Technighthow at Twitter. That's technighthow at Twitter. We have the forums at forum.technighthow.com. Everything connects to technighthow.com. But one thing, which is the other show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night, it's called the Paracast. You find it at paracast.com. Once again, that's paracast.com for the strange, the unknown, the unusual, and all that good stuff. Conspiracy theories, too. A special thanks, Daniel Aaron Dilger. We appreciate your coming this week on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks for having me, Gene. The Tech Night Out Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.